Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. So we're awaiting a result from Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Greens. Uh, all the different party memberships and the way their colleges work around the country. They'll be voting as to whether we will have uh, a coalition of Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Greens and Michal Martin as Taoiseach. And if that happens today and everybody votes, they're all expected to support it. Uh, then tomorrow morning in Dublin um, at some kind of a socially distancing uh, political meeting, Michal Martin will be elected to Taoiseach and the front of the echo this morning carries that. Deal decision today. Approval would see Michal Martin Taoiseach. So quite historic for the country and very historic uh, for Leaside. Um, big day yesterday um, because we saw many, many photographs of people enjoying the weather in the UK but a lot of it was bad news. Uh, the British Times this morning, the UK Times, is saying that the police in the UK now are fearing a hot, violent summer. They're also saying that there were brawls on the beaches in the UK yesterday. Um, the temperatures hit 33 degrees. They're in the middle of a serious heat wave over there. And they had major incidents declared. A half million people abandoned social distancing on the Dorset coast alone. And they had to put in emergency measures and emergency response measures in Bournemouth because the roads were jammed, the beaches were jammed, people were gathering in massive groups, they were peeing and pooing all over the way. It was awful. And there are photographs in many of the papers this morning, which makes a bit of a mockery uh, to the recommendations regarding staying physically distant when you have groups of people posing for press photographers uh, with their mates uh, in togs and bikinis with their arms around each other. It make, it's nonsense. It makes no sense to me. I mean, fine. Go to the beach and do things like that. But talk about mixed messages. Anyway, almost all of the businesses will be open by Monday. There'll be further travel restrictions lifted on July 9th. Uh, we shouldn't get complacent. Uh, people, of course, will get opportunities to go back into the pubs uh, from Monday to have a bit of food and what have you in hotels and restaurants. And from Monday, you'll be able to go anywhere in Ireland. And the papers this morning, like the Echo says, I mentioned this yesterday morning on the air, and it needs to be mentioned that there are no new virus cases in Cork now since the 15th of June. Um, and the number of people with virus receiving hospital care has also dropped significantly. And well done to all of those working on the front line in the hospitals uh, who've been helping to make a huge difference. More on that throughout the course of the program. Clancy's have got a roof terrace license. Oh, things got good and just got an awful lot better for them. And we have great vouchers to give away for Clancy's uh, to get in there from Monday. You'll be spoiled for choice. That's an echo story as well. All the pubs are making a huge effort to reopen safely. I'll talk to a couple of them uh, this morning as to the work they've been doing to readapt their businesses. The echo says it's frenetic work ongoing in the pubs across the city, suburbs and county, those that do food and those that don't as well have to adapt for when they're allowed to open also. Hotels or something similar, but many people are saying, and there's a story in the in the Echo today uh, from Martin Sweeney in the old Tatch and Kill. I know, sorry, my apologies, Marion. My eyes are going, Marion Sweeney. I know her well. She's a great camogie player back in her day. Morning, Marion, if you're listening. She says people are bursting to come out and socialise. She's got a super bar, the, the Tatch in Killer. And face masks, of course, would be mandatory on public transport. Um, there's still chaos according to The Independent, as to the green list of destinations that we'll be able to travel to overseas. We know we'll be able to go overseas and fly. Indeed, there's a story this morning uh, on the line uh, talking about uh, the 23 flights that Ryanair have just announced out of Cork Airport from the 1st of July. Super duper stuff. I'll come back to that. Cork Airport's road to full swing recovery got a bit clearer as Ryanair confirmed a host of flights back next month from 
1st of July all over Europe and uh, maybe I'll list them out for you a little later on but the countries that we can go to and come back from there'll be no quarantining when you come back incidentally but inevitably there will be a second wave I know I spoke uh, with uh, medical people on the air last week about this and the reaction from many people out there was annoyance but it has to be said that they say that a second wave of the virus is inevitable and we'll have to see what happens as restrictions are lifted. Uh, on a lighter note, apparently strip clubs also have to change the way they do business. Uh, they're saying in this morning's uh, Star, it'll be ironic taking our clothes off and leaving on face masks, but they're the things that you have to do. Uh, on a serious note, the Mirror this morning is a story with a woman who's claiming uh, that a senior pol- politician sexually assaulted her. She's a Cork woman, Ashling Toomey. She alleged a TD, a household name, ran his hand up her inner thigh at an event back in 2014. She works in banking and she says she felt compelled to share her story uh, after thousands of women used the recent uh, hashtag Believer campaign on Twitter to speak about a similar experience. It's a lengthy interview in the Mirror this morning. Um, again, on a, on a lighter note, though, when we talk about the things that you can do and, uh, and can't do, cinemas, of course, are... Uh, back in vogue again now. The seat next to you will be empty, so you won't be jostling for space for your huge, big uh, tub of popcorn and stuff like that. And also, one of the consequences of COVID-19 is that thefts in the city centre have fallen. Mind you, we were th- talking about thefts on the air yesterday, and more on that in a few minutes' time. And you know how people are saying that if somebody from overseas who is living here breaks the law and is caught and has an option to either go home or go to jail, they should take the go-home option. And the echo this morning says a man caught growing large amounts of cannabis in Middleton was given a three-year jail term yesterday, which was suspended at Cork Circuit Criminal Court on the promise that he would return home to Poland within two weeks. And more people in Cork want to see things like that happen. What about the incredible story in the mirror of a woman who was hypnotized because she was grossly overweight and was just fed up of it? A girl called Leslie Ann Dunn. It's a Dublin story, but what the heck? She's 43 years old. She was a size 24 um, for her 40th birthday. And apparently in women's sizes, that's big. And she lost five stone when she was shocked by photographs taken at her 40th birthday. Hypnosis did it for her. And there's photographs of before and after in this morning's uh, uh, mail. Lots of other stories across the morning as we get through it. But uh, in case you didn't know it, um, apparently men only buy underwear every five years. Whereas women, according to what we've seen recently in pennies, buy underwear every single week. I don't know how true that is. Many times men have underwear bought for them, either as presents or by their partners, which is a wonderful thing. But men, apparently, um, are pants at buying pants, choosing not to replace their old friends in the underwear drawer until given no choice by their wives, girlfriends, or in some cases, their mothers. They wear them till they're in rag order, apparently. And I... um have been contacted by numerous people on my Instagram page, on Twitter and on Facebook since last night saying, whatever you do, do not even dare to think about playing. You'll never walk alone this morning. You will lose loads of listeners if you do. And I'm not going to play it. Unfortunately, for those of you that are Liverpool supporters, congratulations. After 11,000 and odd days, over 1,151 league matches, five runner-up spots, 29 top 10 finishes, Nine different managers and three months of a lockdown. Finally, Liverpool, not Liverpool, but Liverpool, finally handed the first top flight crown for 30 years. But there ain't going to be any You'll Never Walk Alone this morning. It's too divisive a song. It's great for Liverpool supporters, but it wrecks the head 
and ends up people turning off the radio when I play it. So I can't have any of that. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Neil. Thank you so much for taking the call. You're a Romanian national, but you've been here over 10 years now, I believe. Isn't that right? Yes, I am living in Ireland now for... uh, 10 years. And you heard me talking on the air, unfortunately, about Roma gypsies and their carry-on I... for many years. Now, how does that make you feel? Yeah. Well, I'm upset, actually. That that makes us upset, you know, the rest of us, the, 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 the Romanians that are actually working and living and, you know, being a good, you know, trying to adapt in the country and just follow the, you know, country mm. lo- rules. That makes us all of us upset. Mm. And to be honest, myself personally, I'm very ashamed. You're ashamed. You said in your email you were disgusted every time you see Romas begging in the city centre. Well, begging is one thing, but robbing is on a different level entirely. Why are you upset and disgusted about the begging? I am because I can see, if I give you an example, um, I've been, I think last year I went um, just travelling around and I went in um, Waterford. Yeah. And I've seen this young Romanian girl uh, I think in her 20s or 20-something, uh, with her child begging on the streets. Now, you can go and find a work, you can find a job, you know, you can do any other things. So you can work rather than stay on the street and beg and, you know, carrying your, ch- your child, you know, and just putting the child in that situation. And probably people will be feeling sorry for the child and give you some coins, you know. Mm. Mm. So, I, I, I don't know, I just... I don't feel it's right. You go, you know, you go in a city, you go in Cork and you'll see people, you know, that can actually can work and do something. Yeah, yeah. Um, just with regards to the Roma gypsies, they are Romanian. They're fellow citizens of yours, but an indigenous, an indigenous part of the, of the country. Am I right? A traditional group? Yes. Yes. They are, uh, a, 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 it's, a, it's actually a, a big, uh, minority in Romania, but they are uh, Roma minority. Okay. But they are Romanian national. Okay. And they, they, they travel all over Europe, I believe, and also many have Ireland as their home. Um, and you know, when you, when you see them out, do you ever approach them and, uh, uh, say, listen, you're, you're shaming your country, you're shaming your fellow citizens, begging with children, robbing shops? I wouldn't. I wouldn't because, to be honest, it can be quite intimidating. And you do, you don't know how many will be around. You even know? if you spoke to them in your native tongue. Uh, even you you wouldn't. I'll give you an example. I was I think two years ago around Christmas time. I I, I was shopping. You know, doing my Christmas shopping in a in a you know in a in a in shop. Yeah, yeah, in TK in, in, in the city in TK Max. Exactly, and there was there was a group. I think there were five of them. Um, some ladies, one or two ladies as well, and you know I can easily recognize uh, because they can be gypsies from another countries. They can be Hungarians. They mm. can be, you know, it's not necessarily that they'll be from Romania, but particularly this group. Now you can, I can easily recognize them. Yeah. I know they're from Romania yeah. because when they speak, they will speak uh, some words in Romanian and the rest in their own language. You know. Okay. So I, I could easily understand that they are from Romania and basically what they were wanted to do, they wanted to steal uh, perfumes and clothes in TK Maxx. 
So when they actually, they kind of understood that, like me, I was looking at them. What were they saying they, to each other? Were they planning the robbery, was it? They, they, they were saying, you know, you take this one, you take the other one, you know. And it's easy because they were, you know, they were wearing those traditional gypsies' clothing. And probably they hide them under the clothes. I don't yeah. know how they do that. Yes, yes. Easy, that was easy. So you heard them planning to steal I different did. types of perfume. Yeah. I did. Uh, I actually, to be honest, I should have probably, uh, you know, take, probably should have go to the store manager or whatever. I left the shop because there were so many of them. I was in there. I was there with uh, with my mother. I was, I felt intimidating by them. There was, there were many. There wasn't, there wasn't like one. Was there any security guards watching them? Do you know? Usually they're followed. I Probably they do. I don't know. Okay. But this, you know, I, I, I was just standing next to them and that's what I, I witnessed myself. Did you watch them actually if, actually stealing no, them? No. No. But if they were planning. They, if they, they were planning. I don't know if they, they the security watched them, if they catched, if they, uh, they got anything from the shop. That I don't know. But I did left the shop because I, I didn't feel safe around them. I was... I said, no, I don't know. There are so many. Maybe I disturbed them in any way. They may follow me. You didn't you know? feel safe as to what could have happened. I, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. You know, it's it's sad for, for us to hear these kind of stories, certainly for me, because I welcome people from all over the world, but not to come over here and to rob and to steal or to beg, particularly when the state, a lot of the time, provides housing, provides HAP, provides welfare, provides sh- children's allowance. And it's very it insulting does. then when their only means of employment is is uh, is to rob. Exactly, and you know it's disturbing because, as you can say, you you say that the country and the state and the government offering so many kind of support. Yes, no. And you can't, you just can't. Like for me, I would have text to catch them. And send them back home. Okay, and with, with regard, no right to come yeah, back a lot of Ireland. people say that to deport them after they're caught uh, involved in I, criminal activity. Uh, no. Probably it's our government fault. Probably they should have have, you know. Probably we should have many other. I don't know a plan in place or integration but the, or. But the, you are, know, they, are they? But they're not. Are you saying that they're not short of money? Is it? I don't believe they're short of money. I okay. can. I, I see them every time I'm traveling home, every summer or every holiday. I see them traveling with me in the plane. And I can tell you now they are wearing, you know, expensive clothing, expensive watches, expensive, you know, bags. And I honestly, I'm asking myself how they can afford to buy all this. Yeah, because they obviously sell what they steal, do you think? Clearly they, they sell. Probably they do. Probably they sell it. They sell it here. Probably they have their own group. So probably they, they bring them back home and they sell them. I don't know what they Oh, that's doing. so frustrating because it really is two fingers to the state. Um, now, and then they go home for long periods of time visiting Romania, is it? I know they are, they, they are, the big part of them, I believe they are leaving in Ireland. But I know there was, um, there was uh, I think last year or two years ago, when it was in Echo, I think I, I was reading that, then they were coming for the summer only for three months to beg. Okay, okay. Now, you work in the restaurant sector for many years, and then you are a qualified nurse, so you went into nursing. I but am. How, how I did am people... How did, and good luck to you in that. Well done on it. Um, we value your service. When, when you tell people you. that you're from Romania, what's the reaction? I will tell you now from, like, when I came in Ireland, that's like 10 years ago, I, my first job I got, 
um, they were my colleagues. They were, they were actually, well, they were different nationalities, you know, they can be from Poland or Lithuania or other nationalities. They were actually, I remember particularly one of them has told me, just, I'd rather say you are from Poland, not from Romania. You know, when, uh, you know. Wow. And I was, I was, I just felt so bad. I thought I will never do that. I will never say I'm from, you know, I'm Romanian. They I said, listen, not. just a, just a little bit of advice. Don't just tell Irish people easy. you're Romanian. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And then you did tell them people that you were Romanian oh, and their I reaction did, was, was what was, what was that like? The reaction was good. Uh, Irish people, you know, they're very welcoming, you know, um, and very, very, very nice people. And yeah, I but I'm sure it took some. I'm, I'm sure that took some time because you said when you said what you were Romanian first, the reaction was always cold and wary. You can see, you know, you can see on, you can read on people's faces when you say when you know you have a conversation and it's like, where are you from? And say from Romania. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, that yeah. kind of way. And that will make you feel a bit, you know, you're frustrated and you're bad for something you haven't done. Okay. But, uh, yeah, look, I know, I know. It's understandable. It's understandable. You know, it's understandable. Probably, you know, it's not nice to, to witness, you know, uh, my Romac national going and robbing a charity shop. And also, yes, and we did hear those stories on the air. Um, so, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't mean to be critical of all people from a particular country or indeed all Romas who are here because, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there is a proportion of them that are very good and law-abiding. Oh, yeah. But you had a friend robbed in, uh, in pennies, was it? I did, I did, and actually a, a friend of mine, she'd been robbed in Penny, she was uh, shopping, and I, uh, at the time she had, um, she had a baby in her, you know, with her, she was with her child, and by, by the time she realized uh, her wallet was gone. Do you know who stole it? Well, she could only see the lady, but she Rome? couldn't follow the lady because... A Roma lady? Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, okay. I, again, I'm not sure, I don't know if he was a Romanian citizen, or other national, because the Roma, they, they can, as I say, they can come from other countries as well. Yes, they have they different traditional dress. Just you, you, know, you said that you said your friend was robbed by a Roma inside pennies a couple of years back. Yeah, it could, it could be it could be Romanian because you know. The, okay, so, it doesn't matter if you are from Romania or if you are from another country. Um, Show respect. You shouldn't be doing that. You, sh- you shouldn't. You shouldn't be doing that. Okay, so if so, there are, if there are members of the yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, of the country you are coming from, regardless of nationality, or regardless if you are a minority or Roma minority, if you are any other, if you've been catched doing that, I, I uh, honestly, I would have just sent them back. We know, uh, and just yeah, don't, but don't, don't, don't but let them, don't let them come back. Okay, but many shops who are plagued by um, shoplifters and robbers and thieves, amongst them, unfortunately, members of the Roma community, they just take the stuff back. They hunt them out of the shop and they tell them they're barred, but they keep coming back. So they're, they're plagued. If there were, if there are Romas listening to you speaking to me this morning, what would you say to them? Just to respect the country and just leave us the other, you know, the rest of us do get an honest job and work and just respect the country that received you. You, you shouldn't be doing that. Okay. Listen. You shouldn't be doing that. That's, that's, you know, maybe, you know, it, it doesn't make us any, any good and you know to be honest now every time I'm traveling like if I'm going to Italy we have the same problem every time I'm going to France we have the same problem I'm going to UK is the same problem I'm going to Spain is the same problem I am ashamed sometimes when something like this happened because they, they you know it's human nature 
you know, they maybe, you know, they don't want, oh, okay, you are Romanian, you are gypsy, but, you know, you, the thought is coming into your, you know? Yes, and unfortunately, oh, okay. children children would be reared to do the very same thing. Exactly, okay. exactly. Okay, okay. Like, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be like that. As I said, I would have catched them and sent them back. Uh, regardless, you're coming from Romania, don't come back here again. Chris, thanks so much you for know. taking the call. I do appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Neil. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Ah, yes, indeed. You'll never walk alone. It started already. You call yourself a Liverpool supporter, Neil. Uh, it's not uh, the Liverpool fans that will turn off the radio. We've waited 30 years for this. I'm nearly 23 and have never seen this happen. I think we more than deserve to hear you'll never walk alone on the radio this morning. <laughs> you see, this is what happens, you know. You have those that want it and then you have those who threaten to turn off and you have to make a call on it. Oh my God, these are not the kind of calls or decisions I want to make going into the weekend. Anyway, maybe we might do a text poll on it. Should or I shouldn't? Should I or shouldn't I finish with you'll never walk alone at five minutes to midday today. I shall leave it up to your good selves. Text 0868104106. Meaningwhile, lots of calls, lots of texts to get through. Interesting texts here. Live among um, Roma and I am surrounded by them. The men hang around all day in Blackpool between 15 and up to 60 of them sometimes uh, playing football, blasting music from their flashy cars, beeping horns all day, uh, all hours of the day and throwing rubbish on the ground. Any Irish family that move in are intimidated until they move out. The women are out all day, up to no good and the kids, especially during lockdown, are left alone and they're out screaming and roaring on the roads until one and two in the morning every single night on a diet of white bread and Red Bull. I know I get criticised for saying this, but it's the truth, every word of it. Uh, thank you for that. Um, we'll come back to that as well. You're afraid, are you afraid to talk about the travelling community and the robbing they do, I wonder, Neil? You've been on about Romas for two days now. Should travellers get deported as well? Just on a couple of points there. I think I spent maybe pretty much the last hour of yesterday's programme dealing with the topic. Um, and why are you suggesting that I ignore it? Are you suggesting that I shouldn't put callers on the air regarding it? Are you suggesting I shouldn't read out texts or interview a fellow Romanian who's ashamed of the carry-on? Um, I never for a moment suggested that anybody should deport, be deported. I'm making a comment on behalf of people who text me to say it. I read them out. I talk to people on the air regularly. You saw it in the papers this morning where a, a Polish character who was a man from Poland who... Uh, was involved in, I think it was cannabis growth or something like that, and he was given a suspended sentence on the basis that he leaves the country within two weeks. Um, you know, anyway, the, the nature of this program actually is to talk about whatever is on people's mind, and that's what I endeavour to do. A lot of grief for staff in retail. A big response to that across the week. Um, and I've got even more and other stories and emails and texts to go with it. Anybody that gives any staff any kind of grief should be barred. No questions asked. I'm forever asking shop workers how they are doing. As I know, it's uh, like working with the public. I'm sorry that um, that girl on the air and many others have had to go through these kind of situations. Nobody should have to go through this. You know, there's fighting and spitting and shouting and tut-tutting and rolling eyes to heaven. Um, and at one stage, there was a fella asked to leave the supermarket by security because he was given the... Um, the girl on the cash register, so much grief. I work in the post office in Passage West. For us, it has been quite the opposite, I'm happy to say. Everyone's been understanding. 
Um, with regards to queues and taking their time, we've been inundated in the post office with little gifts from customers. We get homemade cakes. We get treats for tea breaks. We thanked regularly, we're thanked regularly for simple, simply being open in the post office and passage. The local support has been tremendous. I'm happy to work in such a beautiful town. Well, fair, fair play to you, Lorraine. Thanks for that. And it's good to hear that there's community spirit down below there. Talking about um, community spirit, uh, where is that damn thing? There's a great email came in there just a few minutes ago with regards to a guard who came to the aid of a couple of kids there yesterday. The email describes the guard as the nicest guard ever. Hi, Neil, I would like to say a huge thank you to the lovely Garda who escorted my two kids on a bus home and waited for them until I came to pick them up on Upper John Street yesterday evening. The guard left his post on one of the streets for a while to help my kids. A fire was ongoing on the side streets nearby and they were blocked off. Not quite sure what that one was about, but anyway, he made sure my 16-year-old and my 18-month-old got on a bus home to Tower. What a gent he was. The bus that arrived beforehand on the street wouldn't let them on because of physical distancing. It was full. But the guard stayed there and waited with my kids until the next bus came along. He put them safely on it. My daughter said he was the nicest guard and that he was so helpful and caring. We never caught his name, but if he was uh, my son, I would be proud to call him my son and a guarda. If he's listening to this, I am honoured. You did such a lovely and kind gesture gesture for us. I hope he and you, Neil, keep up the great work, says Margot. Be great to find that guard and just reward him because uh, that's what we do as well. We have little gifts that we like to pass on to people for doing good deeds. So I will come back to that. Um, not a great deal, deed, though. Um, a story that I came across yesterday. Um, and uh, it's it's interesting because issues up around the College Road, Magazine Road, Glasheen Road, areas like that have not gone away with the parting. In fact, if anything, it's got worse. It's every night. Um, sometimes it's all day long. It certainly is in the evenings and all night and into the early hours. Uh, maybe some respite in the morning when the partiers and the revelers get some sleep. But the issues there have not in any way dissipated. And I met uh, a young doctor. Actually, she's a doctor who, as, as a side story to this, a doctor who came back from Australia, uh, like so many people did to answer Ireland's call, uh, gave up her job in Australia, incidentally, to come back and, and work during COVID-19 here at home. And it's a very interesting story in many different ways because it showed the kindness in some aspects and the unkindness in others. But uh, it worked short in the, in the COH all through COVID-19, dealing with people and, and you know, difficult time for, for so many people and many people found themselves in hospital and others, of course, passed away, unfortunately. It was very traumatic for families. Uh, but do you remember at the time then, uh, Pat Phelan organized brilliantly with the uh, go-car to organize cars for the frontline workers and then the super people at Kiri's uh, also donated cars to doctors and nurses and all different people working in the front line of health so they could get to and from the hospital, whether it was the CUH or the Mercy or, or other hospitals like that. So it was a great initiative. And uh, the young doctor got one of those cars for a period of time, but then gave it back and got her own car. She didn't have the car a week um, and was and is living on the college road. And then sometime Wednesday night, I don't know what time, she got up on Thursday morning and the whole front of the car was keyed. And it wasn't just keyed lightly, it was keyed right down to the metal. 
I mean, talk about how upsetting for anybody. And it is upsetting for anybody to have this done. I understand that. But I just thought that it really hit home how stupid people can be. They never think of the consequences of their actions. Whoever did that, many people are having their wing mirrors kicked off in the college road. Others are having their cars, the roofs and the bonnets danced upon. Uh, and damage done to their property. It's absolutely awful. But I, this really rang true to me because this was somebody who came back. I mean, everybody pulled their weight during it, or most people did anyway, but a lot of our medical staff certainly did. So for somebody to come back home and to be treated like that by some idiot or bunch of idiots who never realized the consequence of their actions, I have some photographs that we put up on, on, on Twitter, and it's just so heartbreaking considering, you know, Firstly, I don't know whether, you know, the, the, it was done by students. Imagine it probably was. Some people were suggesting this morning that with some of the vigilante activity up there that it might not have been students at all. I, I don't know. But it's tragic, really. It really and truly is. Um, and, you know, it goes to show, really, that people don't think before they engage in antisocial or violent or indeed uh, damage to property. Aidan, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you doing? Okay, so no change then, no? No, no. No, no, no change, Neil. You're on Magazine Road. I'm, I'm on, I'm living in Coolgarten Park, which isn't too bad in comparison to Magazine Road. Um, this now is the fifth week of the house parties, okay? And we thought we'd get a break this week, you know, that people would get tired of the whole thing. But like, it, it, Tuesday, Wednesday were fine, but to be honest with you, Thursday to Monday are disaster nights. I woke up this morning, turned up, opened my phone, and there was five or six messages um, from residents all through the area, through College Road, Magazine Road, um, Glashine Road, and you had something happening at 2 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning with Gardaí being called out. And it's absolutely So were there guards called out last night then? Oh yeah, absolutely. Is it right absolutely. that six or seven houses at least were called by guards? Yeah. Or called to uh, by guards? I, I would say four houses by guards. Now, disturbances at six and seven houses, but some of the people won't phone the guards. They're, they feel intimidated and whatever. But the guards were out in um, Connacht Avenue and they were also out on Magazine Road. Um, and they were out like at different times. I'm talking seven o'clock and five o'clock in the morning. You know, this kind of stuff. Like, And to be honest with you, Neil, like we have a lot of good, we have a lot of good young people in the area, like that doctor now. Like she, most of the young people living here. We're, look, we're in a student area. We know that. Okay? I mean, it shouldn't be um, any different that she's a doctor or that people are involved in frontline work. It just happens to be the case and it just rang much louder for me when I heard, well, God almighty, this yeah, is someone who came back is, to help yeah, and then finds an idiot or a bunch of... I yeah. don't know. I don't know. But this is, but this is regular on, on the roads here. Like, you know... Cars keyed, wing mirrors not kicked off, is it? Oh yeah, that, that's normal. Like wing mirrors being kicked off is a regular occurrence all the time, all the time. Like that's throughout the year. I mean, you know, it goes on and on and on. And like the, the first thing that we heard yesterday that was anybody welcoming at all at all was the president's statement from or the CIT president's statement where he wanted arrests, prosecutions, and fines for students who misbehave. Now they're not all students, I have to say this time. Definitely not, because we spoke to a landlord yesterday. And he claimed that his tenants were working. No, well, no. You see, they're telling they're telling the te- they're telling the landlords that they're working for the summer, but they're not. Yeah, but but they have these false documentation. Like the, the landlord told us that they they showed them documentation with reference from their employers. 
So uh, I don't know where you go from there. But what, well, I, what I am I mean, it's easy is, to fa- it's easy is, to fake is, that stuff, you know. It is, yeah. Now, if you ask the tenants, they say they were never working because they're in the house all the time anyway, parking. Yeah, that's you know? just it. Yeah, just like it. we had a spring clean. I think I don't know. Someone said that earlier. We had a spring clean last Saturday week, and at half past ten in the morning, the guys were coming back past us. These young people laughing at us, and they're carrying slabs of beer at half ten in the morning, you know, like it's absolutely well, They're getting the mud in the, in the off-licenses in the in local shops. In the off-license, the local central shop, like, which is supposed to be a community shop anyway. Why don't you, I know you pick it at a landlord's house, but did you ever contemplate yeah. picketing an off-license? Yeah, <laughs> we have, but to be honest with you, even doing the landlord's house deal, we were totally out of our comfort zone. Like, that was, this was a particular landlord who just won't engage with us. And that's, like, we're not comfortable doing a silent vigil outside anybody's house to be honest with you we're not like we're just ordinary residents we're just ordinary people who want to live our lives in peace and the people who come in here are welcome providing they just respect our community nothing else like that's all we want we're not we're not looking for young people to live like angels young people I was young I had fun when I was growing up Rag Week and Freshers Week and all these there was activities during the day people had a few drinks at night time and they went home and sang a few songs on the way home and went to bed but no, it's just all day long, every day. I like I've never ever experienced anything like this. But I would say UCC and CIT have to take some responsibility for what's happened. The area is known now as a party area because of UCC and CIT letting their celebratory weeks get out of control over the last four or five years. They're nothing now, to be honest with you, Neil, other than alcohol fueled binges. That's all the CIT and for sure we and, and are people week, arriving and are people week. arriving to the houses who don't live there to join in this oh, these COVID parties absolutely. as they call them? Oh absolutely. Like you couldn't have twenty or thirty people staying in a house. You know? Like you have you have seven or eight like there was a house on Connacht Avenue the other day, and I won't give the address. There was four teachers in it. Four teachers. And there was fifty emptied out of the house by the guards. Explain like, that to me. Four teachers. Four teachers were the tenants. Right? Do they live there all year round or something? No, 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 no. In from the suburbs. Just for the summer? Just for the summer. It's a party. We, yeah, we spoke to a landlord yesterday in, in where I live, in Coolgarten. And the guys are from Bishopstown and Ballant. And they're being evicted. But like... Oh, okay. So they live in Bishopstown you know, or they live in Ballancolig and they've rented a house yeah, up around and the... they rent a the summer because, why? It's seen as party area. Because of the history from UCC and CIT celebratory weeks. Okay. This is okay. where, it, and I think UCC and CIT must take responsibility for it. And to be honest with you, like in any other country, if you bring your university and you damage your reputation, I, like, it isn't a 50 euro or 20 euro fine you get. But no. the president of CIT might want them prosecuted, but the guards don't because the guards still have a softly, softly approach on it well, for all of the, you know, it'll affect their employment, yeah. they won't be. Yawnsville, they won't be able to go to America? Yeah, I don't believe in that, to be honest with you now. If Johnny blogs in another part of the city who's a carpenter or a plaster did what these guys are doing, they'd be up in court. And that's no disrespect to any other area in the city. There is a softly, softly approach because of their long-term future. But to be honest with you, the attitude among most of them now is I'm doing what I like regardless of the consequences. They said that to you. No, but that's their attitude. Like, they, I mean, if they're if, laughing at you, so if you challenge them at two in the morning, like some of the people have, they tell you, "Mind your own business." F off out of the area. Like that's that's a standard reply. 
you shouldn't be living here in the first place. But so there's partying outside as well as inside, is there? Oh, yeah. Like, that, what happens is there are so many going to the house. If the weather is fine, they spill out onto the front garden or the back garden. Now, you know, Magazine Road and Glashine Road and Highfield Avenue, Highfield West, Clares Avenue, all the houses back onto one another. So, like, if you go out in the garden at 2 o'clock in the morning and start singing and screaming and shouting, you're affecting probably 15 houses within within that house. You know? I know, I think you're very, I think you're very you? patient. I think you've been way, yeah. really, really patient. But what, like, what, can we, what can we do? Hang on a second there, Anthony. No? Good morning, Neil. Uh, so you're you? blue in the face. You've given up, I'd say, Anthony, have you? I'm ready to move. Yeah, I'm on the lookout for somewhere else. And I'm that was your family home and your parents before you and everything? Yeah. Well, you, not this house that I'm living in now, but I'm from the area, the area yeah. all my life. Are you actually looking now to sell and find somewhere else? Yeah. And then a landlord would probably buy your property and... Yeah, that's what's happening anyway. Is this... There's three houses on the street I live in and they're being converted as we speak. What kind of conversion is going on in there to make more regular rooms into bedrooms, is it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's turn it yeah, what happens? Yeah, sorry, Neil. Yeah, go ahead. What happens there, Neil? What happens here? Most of the houses in the area, all along now, the, the entire area, are two or three bedroom terrace houses. Okay, so the the landlord buys it, and then he builds five or six bedrooms in the back garden. Okay, on on yeah. to, onto the original house. So then, instead of being a two or three bedroom residential property. It becomes a seven, eight, nine bedroom student occupation. And is that so okay? Have, I mean, does that meet all sorts of requirements for the guards to health and safety? To and fire? Certain, he has he has to leave a certain space between the end of the property and the boundary wall. Measure it to the centimeter. So they just and max out the three or four bedroom house as best they can to squeeze yeah. in as many beds. And there's some of the rooms then will be shit, two beds kind of thing. Yeah. And the problem is those houses can never probably be reconverted back into residential property. Like there has to be city council by planning bylaws that prevent residential houses being converted into student accommodation. So it's like a creepy we, disease really, if you like, yeah. uh, in the sense that ultimately there will be nobody there except, um, you know, tenants of landlords and it'll turn into a kind of a ghetto or a yeah. slum for and, that. Yeah, and that, that's the danger. It's like a form of ethnic cleansing. Of residents. Yeah. Mm. But that's why we're fighting back now, Neil, to be honest with you. Like, we, we're... The, the only positive thing that has come out of all this, to be honest with you, this summer, is that our community now is much stronger than it ever was. Like, we have WhatsApp groups. We have um, people keeping in touch with each other. If one person is okay. in trouble, we're able to contact landlords. We're doing a lot of work. Okay, it might be long-term. We're compiling lists of all the landlords, of all the rented properties in the area, whether they're registered with the PRTB or not. Logging all calls to Gardaí. We're logging all calls to landlords. And if they don't answer the calls, we send them a text message so that there's a record of it. And if we have to go further, if we have to go down the So landlords just turn their phone off, though, then? Yeah, but they'd still get a text message. So the record is there for us having sent a message. Yeah, but are the guards so, calling the landlords? The guards, I don't know, but the guards have called one or two landlords. And to be honest with you, like, there's one Needle. landlord. Okay. One landlord what? The problem is, sorry to interrupt you, it's a two-tier justice system. They know they're untouchable. And that is never going to change. And until that changes, nothing is going to change. I don't agree with picketing landlords' houses because you'll get rid of the lot that's there and that will be just replaced by another lot. 
Yeah, but a lot of our landlords actually do engage with us. Like there has been there has been landlords in the area who haven't rec- rented out their houses at all at all this summer. There's been other landlords who have rented out, and at the first sign of trouble, they come up and they reprimand. And do do we know? Do we know whether these landlords are from Cork or or, or investment landlords from outside of Cork or or what? Where are they where are they all from? They're all over. They get West Cork. I, I spoke to a guy yesterday. He was in Kilkenny. His daughter was going to college in UCC. So he bought the house. But what he did was he rented it out for the summer to people who were undesirable. And does he know what's going on up in Kilkenny? Oh, he does, yeah. He he actually came down from Kilkenny and spoke to us. And he's getting rid of his tenants. And did he tell you where they came from, the people that he rented to? Yeah. Yeah. They, he told them that they gave him references from their employer and their local. And, and Neil, they're not just breaking rental laws. I'm sick, I'm blue in the face looking at cars with N and L plates and they're all driving absolutely. around unaccompanied from other counties. And there's no oh, there's yeah. no there's no way that any of the residents are, are actually damaging cars. because that was said oh, to no, me no. hang on a second, that was said to me no, yesterday no. that they see no, regis no, no, from no, no, Well no. let me say no. it at least if you don't mind. That they're seeing yeah. register regis from L and G's and D's and that they could be the ones that are damaging the cars. No, no, they're not right. You know, Neil, no, 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 no. Look, no. Like the characters you know, that, well, the characters that went into those those girls in the house, for instance. Yeah, they were Neil, not residents, Neil. Neil, yeah, there was twenty you know. in the house next door to me Sunday fortnight ago, and the guards were called. I didn't call the guards, but somebody called the guards. They were roaring and screaming. The guards came, and the landlords came, and the twenty dispersed. And within half an hour, they were all back out again. I know. And it was still going on at three o'clock that morning. Okay, so, so you it's, know they're untouchable. Yeah. Nothing is going to change. I'm sick of talking about it. I'm over a decade talking to you about it and campaigning about it. We can talk Ooh. till we're blue in the face until they're arrested and thrown out of college and stop blaming landlords, stop blaming pubs, stop blaming off licenses. If you're over 18, you're responsible for your actions. And if you break the law, you should face the rigours of the law the same as anybody else. And you've been saying that for years, yeah. A third-level education isn't a right, it's a privilege. So you're saying to me now at this stage that uh, your heart is broken, you don't want to leave, UCC have taken over the area, you're going to sell up because your health is more important. Yeah, I can't sleep. I had to go to my doctor and get sleeping tablets. And I, even they're not working. It's that gone that bad. And do you, do you find yourself kind of angry all of the time, frustrated all of the time, not enjoying life? Yeah, how could you when you can't sleep? Oh. And it's constant. Yeah. And I mean, I'm over a decade, as I said, talking to you about this, Neil. And until they faced, I'd stop blaming landlords, stop blaming pubs, Stop blaming off licenses. Stop blaming the college. Stop blaming CIT. If you're over 18, you're responsible for your own actions and you should face the rigours of the law the same as any other citizen. Okay, let me get some more calls and texts on this. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, that's a very clean, that's very clean um, solution, Neil. But the problem is it's, it's been allowed to fester by all these other people like the landlords and CIT and UCC. Like there, there's a culture there now at the moment among the young people in the area. That. Student students union aren't yeah. engaging me at the moment because they're no, saying no, no. It, it's yeah. the summer holidays. It's well, nothing to do yeah. with us, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The young people here, their, their attitude is like, oh, it's about me, and I don't care what I do. 
if it has any effect or consequence on other people. Okay. I'm going to do what I want to do, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. Who will actually tell you to F off to your face as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. they're getting worse and more brazen every year. Yeah. And yeah. it's not all students before students come no, on and no. say, oh, he's whinging and moaning. I'm not saying all students, but it only takes, a, I mean... And I don't think city council really care less. We hear councillors talking about it. They wouldn't have allowed Reardon's joinery to be, be developed. They wouldn't in this what? Area. They wouldn't have allowed Reardon's joinery to be developed. Oh, with uh, the new big uh, multi-storey student uh, accommodation centre. By the yeah, lock. At, yeah. After John Leary House being built. Yeah. You know, and in between them, we have old people in Horgan's buildings. I know, and it's going to get a hell of a lot worse. Okay, thank you both. Much obliged. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Um, the medic that I was talking about who was helping to save lives, working on the front line for the last four months and all the damage done to the car. Um, it shouldn't make any difference what somebody does. It's your personal property, but I just thought it was ironic uh, that young a doctor also would have gone to UCC at one stage and uh, little known of those that were parting that they were actually damaging the car of one of their own. Jennifer says, that's a terrible welcome home. The amount of residents that have had this done over the years to their cars is numerous. They also lo- lose loads of wing mirrors because people just kick them off every college year. I don't know how this is deemed to be fun. Uh, Brian says, you can say for sure that this was done by students. It could have been anyone innocent till proven guilty. I, I agree with that sentiment, Brian. I do. And I did talk to some people yesterday who were saying you don't know it could be, it could have been irate residents in the area you're right there uh, or it could have just been any kind of a gurry or passing feel sorry for residents of that area what that's bad they're all enjoying their college years but wait until they have responsibilities bills and homes to keep themselves and then something like this will happen to them it's only then they'll understand uh, but who says it won't continue to happen no wonder people are getting out of the areas to work elsewhere just a quick one on that every time that we talk of issues regarding this i get a call from the one and only eric green he's an incredible guy uh, and he's got uh, crash repairs on the north side I think up around um, you're up around the barracks aren't you Eric? We are yeah, yeah we're up next to Car Prison Okay so you heard, you heard that story with regards to um, that awful keying of a car belonged to a young doctor right? Yeah and the mirror the mirror is all damaged as well from what I can see Oh can you see the pictures? Yeah is there damage to the mirror also? Yeah yeah. For God's sake I mean do you I see, do you, see do you see much of that? Um, not too much, no. Um, but you know what's vandalised, and you know what's accidental. You know if it was a child or if it was somebody just acting the maggot. Like a couple of weeks back, I spoke with a motor dealer down West Corkway who had ten, maybe fifteen cars on the lot. Every single one of them keyed in a row. Somebody just got into the lot. Yeah, people just don't have. They have too much time in their hands kids. They have nothing to do. Yeah. Can you tell by that what what was used? Can you tell whether it was a key or a knife or a, a screwdriver? Stone. It looks like a stone. A stone? Yeah, and uh, the wing mirror was probably kicked. Yes. This is regular. You can, see, you can see it's too wide to be a knife. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was O'Leary's abandoned that had a screwdriver job. Anyway, are you, are, are, you, are you in a position to take a look at it? I am, yeah, I'll take care of it as appreciation for the four months she's done. Oh, you're incredible. I appreciate that so much. You really are. And this isn't the first time that you've helped people out. I do appreciate it, Eric. Thank you so much. You're great.
No problem. Thank Appreciate you. It. Back up to 10 and one 106 Lots of texts and calls like that and lo- lots more besides. People can be so kind at the same time, can't they? We're well over time. Sorry about this. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers. Ah, yes, indeed, lads. The virus is a damn clever one. Pubs and coronavirus. Let me get this straight. The pubs that serve food can open, but the pubs that don't serve food remain closed. So the virus won't affect you if you're in a pub eating and drinking, but if you're in a pub just drinking, it will affect you. If you only stay in the pub for 90 minutes or 105 minutes, the virus won't affect you, but if you stay a minute longer, you'll get it. If you sit in silence in the pub, the virus won't affect you, but if you sit in a pub listening to music, it will. If you sit at a table, the virus won't affect you, but if you sit at the bar, it will. It's a damn clever virus, isn't it? Thank you for that. Interesting. It's a bit of a quandary. Another quandary is you'll never walk alone. I mean, it. this started on my Instagram page last night, you know. People contacting me saying, under no circumstances are you to play. You'll never walk alone on the air tomorrow. Then I see other ones then from people saying, if you do, I'll turn off. If you don't, I'll turn off. Somebody's suggesting play it at 5 to 12 and then it doesn't actually matter who turns off. Well, it will actually matter to poor old Phil Burke who'll be coming on the air at midday. But maybe 5 to midday might be an opportunity to play. You'll never walk alone. But there are reams, reams of texts on that. And you'll never walk alone, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. I'm starting to edge towards the idea of maybe five minutes to midday, maybe. What do you think? We'll see. In relation to queues for the shops, I went to Maham Point Thursday with my 20-year-old daughter who wanted to return items she received in the post. We were horrified at the hundreds of people sitting out in the grass surrounding the market. So we bailed out, went to Penny's and Wilton on the way home. That was a pleasure. It was, uh, there were short, orderly, distanced queues outside. Staff wearing masks, supervision at all of the queues and tills to make sure everybody was distancing. Well done to Penny's, but I have to say I was disappointed with my experience at Maham Point. Meanwhile then, others uh, talking about issues involving, uh, you know, physical distancing and a bit of cop on and being kind to people working in retail. I too and my work colleagues have taken the same kind of abuse you've spoken about. I can't believe how nasty some people have been. Also, I've taken abuse from a lady in an HSC uniform demanding to get a discount. People assume it's our fault that regulations have been made compulsory. The next time you go shopping, just remember we've been at the front line when most of you are at home safe with your families. My husband works in retail and I can see how tired he is at the end of each day. He and his colleagues and others in retail have done marvellous work throughout all of this. Julie says, I'm so sorry to hear these stories. You would think this would teach us all a lesson to be better. We've plenty of time to think about what matters in life now and to be kinder to others. We're all in it together. Callie says, I think shop workers are brilliant. They've been the forgotten frontline heroes. And Brenda says, I worked right through the, the virus and the abuse my colleagues and I have experienced is disgraceful. It's still going on. It would drain you. And when you ask them if they'd like to speak to a manager about the problem, they refuse to speak to the managers. They just want to offload on you, full stop. I have the highest respect for all retail workers during this. Sometimes, unfortunately, they are faced with bad people. And we're only seeing the start of these kind of people. There'll be more going forward. Eh, I don't know. I think, you know, I don't know. I think people will calm down and get a grip. Retail staff never got the recognition they deserved. They did a damn harder job than some staff in the hospital, says Emma. And Margaret says, I think the customers that abuse retail staff should be asked to leave the premises. Well, they are. I also think notices should be put up in the shops and saying that this behaviour will not be tolerated. I've seen those as well. Uh, morning, I work in a supermarket and uh, there is shocking abuse. One of my colleagues was verbally abused, saying if they don't let them inside, they'll spit in their face 
and given COVID-19, it is quite sickening what they've had to put up with. Many texts on different topics of conversation, including crime and punishment, and I'll come back to all of that. But I want to have a conversation with Patrick if I can. Patrick, good morning. Morning, Neil. No, you wanted to take umbrage or pick up on some points that I made before before 10. You're a student from Tipperary working in Cork since April. So pick up on the story for me. What's on your mind? Well, I just, you know, kind of fed up of hearing, I, and I listen to every day in work, but I'm kind of fed up of hearing the same given out about students. It's all... It's been, it's over, it's been well over a week, maybe works. 10 days now since I touched on this story last, you know? Yeah, I know, but, you know, I've been working down here since early in April. I wasn't, I wasn't entitled to the COVID payment, and there was no jobs going for me in Tipperary, so I was given an email for uh, a manager down here and he got me work down here but like you know I'm I'm working I'm paying taxes I'm spending my money in the area and you know you're when you're a student down there you're looked at as if you're an alien like you know where are you living? High eleven you okay and are you getting kind of nasty looks or people saying things to you? you? Know, I, absolutely yeah and you know I, I can appreciate it but a res, like residents might be wound up over this but you know, I I might on a Saturday evening, you know, come back with a few cans, like, and you look like as if you're you have two heads, like, you know. They can see the cans, so they see cans, young fella, and they equate it with. Yeah, they're just yeah, and like they don't then they don't think to maybe that lad is on the front line for the last two months. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They haven't said anything to you, have they? No, but they don't. They don't need to, like, you know. They're looking at you funny and. um all that kind of crack, you know, like, I don't know, to the pain, like, you know. And you, you made a point there, you don't appreciate being accused of falsifying work documents. What do you mean by that? Yeah, there was somebody said, I was listening to there before, uh, it was shortly after nine, that somebody, I might have been, you were the men you were on to, were saying that students were probably falsifying I work said documents. that, I said yeah. that, I said that. I mean, like, that's that's not fair, like, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't generalize it like that. I said that, but I'm not sure that I was saying it about everybody. I was saying in the cases of the fellows who are partying, that, that they said that they had d- documents for employers. I said they have to be falsified if they never go to work. Yeah, well, I know, I know it's, it's, not a, it's not a landlord's business really either where they are working. But, you know, I think the way it was said, it sounded like all students were falsifying. Anyone living down there was falsifying work documents. There was a landlord sent me an email, a series of emails he got from some characters there about three weeks ago and the email was from fellas who, a group of them who wanted to come up to Cork. They claimed that they had got jobs with the HSE for the summer. Now this was obviously untrue, you know? Yeah. Um, And uh, and, and I was kind of referring to maybe others falsified. It's easy to fake a document like it really is. Yeah. And then you get the house and uh, you're, you're Party Central for the summer. I know, but I just think it's—I just think it isn't fair. Now, to be honest, that there people might be accusing of that. But, but my point is just back to saying that you know, if, it's just a generalisation that all students are partying. I can understand that there are people partying, but Jesus, you're working hard, spending money in the area, and it's disheartening. Then when they look at you like that, like you're some kind yeah, of second class. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love being down in Cork. Like it's a great spot. Yeah. So, being looked at like that and, you know, generalised like that is disheartening, like, you know. Yeah. Do, you, do you hear much of the carry-on where you're living? Oh, I do, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's... And I, I've been I've been to a few of these parties and everything. But, you know, I'm working hard. I'm not down here just for the crack. Like, mm-hmm. I'm working to earn a bit of money, pay my fees, keep the car on the road. Like, and when did you go to the parties? Oh, I was at one last week. 
You were at one of the house parties. Yeah. And what was that like? I mean, I could, I know that there's there is parties going on with forty, fifty people. But I think this one might have been blown out of proportion about how bad it might have been. It was maybe ten or fifteen lads in a house drinking a few pence, playing a bit of music. It wasn't nothing to keep people awake, like. All night or into the early morning or how long? One o'clock, I'd say. Stopped at one o'clock? Yeah, about one o'clock, I'd say. Was it very loud? No, no. I, no not at all. Not by your standards or student standards, maybe? Really. Well, no, but and, you know, I, I can appreciate that there might be parties that, you know, like, I know there are residents who might be at their wit's end about it, like, but Asher. Who's living next door? Know, Do you know who was that. living next door to the party? No. Right. No. Did you care? Well, I didn't. I didn't care to be honest. We weren't. We weren't making enough noise to okay. upset anyone. Okay. Okay. In my opinion, anyway. And w- and the party were they all lads who were also working, or are they on the the COVID payment know, partying for the summer? I I know I know many of them there were working, but I can't say the same for a few of them there. To be fair. All right. Okay. And it stopped at one in the morning, and nobody nobody came to the door or anything like that. No, 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 like no. But I, I know myself and a few others left at that time because we had work in the morning. Yeah, so you going doing the dog and it like. But you don't know that it stopped at one. Then you just left at one. I it's it was stopped soon after one, but I know that we went way around that time. Anyway. So if 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 every house that was rented to young people had a party that was going on, would you think that's okay as well? Because you were just in one, and there were many others going on at the same time. That's the problem. Yeah, no, the volume of it. Yeah, if if the if the fire lads don't doing nothing but getting to three fifty and having the party, like fair fair enough that people be upset over that. But you know, I, I know what lads I'm living with now. We're up working away hard and paying money or paying taxes and you know spending money in the area. It's a bit unfair. Yeah, but the, I know. But it turns out you were at one of the house parties that's wrecking the heads and the lives of the residents. Well, this was. I can promise you, this was not wrecking anyone's head. No. All right. Okay. Fair play. Drinking a few cans in a sitting room and. All right. Okay, fair play to you, Patrick. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it. Much obliged. Oh. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Cynthia, good morning. Good morning. Okay, just to just to balance things because uh, we had a lot of people saying um, fairly unkind. Th- well, some would say unkind things about Roma gypsies, but they you know they make their own bed if they're going out and about robbing. But what was your own situation? Well, it was a friend of mine recommended um, this lady to me and. She said she's Romanian, and I thought, oh, God, no. It's the way she said it as well. It's like, don't look at it like that. Um, And I took the chance, and she was the nicest lady. Recommended her for what? Sorry. To just help me in the house. Okay, okay, housekeeping. Yes. But your initial initial reaction was the interesting point. You kind of said, oh, Romanian, oh, no. My initial reaction was I could just... Uh, picture her in all the gear that they wear, um, but she was like she was just like myself. She was yeah. lovely, very kind, and very caring. So, and did she stay with you a long time? She stayed with me for a few months. She was working very hard for her daughter to put into college in England. Right. Okay. You see, that's what Chris was saying that Romanians who are working hard and diligent and getting on with their lives, they're tarnished with the same brush as the ones that are robbing inside in the city. Well, I, I did feel I did feel very guilty for for feeling like that at the start, but when I met this woman, she was as I said, she was lovely. She was just really lovely. You got it. Um, you got it. You got it. It's yeah. important to have balance. Fair play to you. Thank you for that. That's important. Thanks, Cynthia. No, okay, Cheers, bye. Steve. Good morning. 
How's it going, Neil? We were kind of, I was reading out your text earlier on. Thank you for coming back to me again because you managed to clarify, uh, you know, the point, the original point. You were saying, I talk about the Roma gypsies and pe- put people on the air talking about, um, you know, begging and robbing from the shops and that they should be deported, right? And then you made the point, are you suggesting that travellers should be deported? Wasn't that it? Well, maybe not deported, but maybe sent back to England where they come from, Neil, you know. Um, they're the biggest problem inside in the city. And they're the there's scourge on the people that are living around the area where I'm living. You know, um, Ov- overseas, like like English Reg, Jeeps and 4x4s, is it? The whole lot of them. Send them all back to where they're driving their cars from. The whole lot of them. Send them all back. Send them all back. You're driving a, ye- a Yellow Ridge van, Yellow Ridge car, or if you go, go to Yellow Ridge land. You can't be, but you see, as I mean, they're won't be part of the European Union anymore, but there's freedom of travel, like you can come in a ferry and I can go there, so like... They should be stuck. If they've got conviction, Neil, I came home 18 months ago after having a few pints in the local bar, opened my front door to three travellers that were coming down the hall at me with my TV inside in their hands. You're joking. They climbed up, they climbed up to the second floor apartment because I left the patio door open thinking I was safe on the second floor apartment. And they climbed up, went in, picked up my 60-odd-inch TV, and as I was coming in the door, they were coming down the hall towards me with, their t- with my TV in their hand. What happened okay. next? Yeah, go on, go on. Uh, well, there was a bit of... Well, instead of closing the door and walking away from me, I decided to dive up on top of them. The TV went, broke, smashed, right? Um, one of them was stupid enough to have his name tattooed onto his hand, okay, living in roughly around the same area where I'm living. So he was picked up fairly quickly, went into court, 101 convictions for theft he had, and he got a 50 euro fine inside in court because he, he pleaded stupidity because he was from a, a, a traveller background. Okay? And I got a letter in the door a couple of months later from a solicitor that was bringing me to court because I assaulted him with a golf club. All right, and is that still pending? No, that's over and done. This list, as soon as this list of found out what, re- what, what actually happened, the case was dropped. You know, this happened 18 months ago. So the ago. guy who robbed you tried to sue you? Tried to sue me for assault inside my house, while he, well, my apartment, while he was walking out the door with my TV in his hand. You had time to grab a golf club, did you? Well, there's one behind the front door anyway. You know, there's... Um, Oh, listen! I'm not. I'm not. You're not in court now. I'm, I'm like it's your property. You defend it whatever way you want. Somebody comes into it. Whatever you decide to do, yeah. that's your. Absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, but they shouldn't be there. That's your right. They climbed up, Neil. They climbed up to the second floor to come in the patio door and to see what they could get. And the most valuable item inside uh, to come in the patio door is the TV room, and the TV was up in the stand, the sixty sixty inch TV. And they decided to pick that up, and they were so clever, they decided not to climb back down the patio. We would go to the front door. Yeah. Air yeah. bus, we go to the front door there with that bus. Yeah, you know? and and, uh, and the TV got smashed, did it? It, it got smashed within, in, in the melee that happened in the hall. And did it ever, was it ever replaced? Was that part of the sentencing that they were fined or they had to pay you money or anything like that? They didn't have to pay me a damn thing, Neil. I had to replace the TV myself. I bought the same TV, 1,600 notes is what the TV cost me. I bought the exact same TV, the whole lot. 50 euro fine, he got inside in court, and I'm not going to tell you one word of a lie, Neil. This was in Washington Street about 18 months ago, 
and he was downstairs in, in the courtroom with the charges that the girls were bringing against him for robbing my place. And at the same time, he was upstairs with another charge. He had two charges on the same day. And are you, like, are you telling me the 100% accurate truth now in everything you're saying? Oh, I don't need to be lying at all. <laughs> I don't need to be lying at all. Oh, no, I know, but you understand my, my, my situation. I just want to be absolutely 100% sure that what you're telling me, oh, yeah. I, and I can trust you, that there was all of these charges, a 1,600 euro TV, smashed to bits, 102 yeah. previous convictions for robbery. He had two different court cases going on. You're telling me he had two different court cases going on on the same day in the same courthouse. The same day. And he got, and he, gonna, he got let off with a 50... Know. Yeah, go on. I'm going to tell you one thing. I was inside in the court and he couldn't even recognise me. And I passed the same fellow maybe two or three times a week and he still can't recognise me. And did, the judge, did the, the judge at any time even contemplate um, no. um, custodial sentence? No, 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 because he was from a traveller background. How do you, how do you know that background. that was significant in sentencing? Because that's all his solicitor was saying. Traveller background, bad upbringing, no education. And did no, the judge ever think stuff. about you working hard, saving money to buy your TV and to get your own apartment I and to furnish? Normal people don't come into us um, if, if you're bringing a traveller into Courtney. A normal hard-working person does not come into us if, if you're bringing a traveller to court. But you were, that was a million miles from justice, wasn't it? Well, as far as it is anyway, but sure, you know, uh, the world is a funny way of turning and, you know, maybe I might catch him someday down a dark alley well I mean you know mind yourself there because yeah. you don't want to be the one that goes to jail for that but I can't go to jail you know I put a mask on or something like that I might dress up as a traveller <laughs> and attack him I know but I mean but, <laughs> but, but seriously like a 50 euro fine with all that previous and you're inside in court and he probably didn't even pay the fine Neil and he probably didn't even pay the fine you know what you, you could know? be right I don't know you could be right probably but were you you know in the court did you get to say anything in court Steve no, I didn't. I actually didn't. Um, it was done through the solicitor. The solicitor just gave a little statement on what happened. Um, I was trying to keep myself out of it, actually, Neil. Um, you know, I didn't want to be... Um, I didn't want to be standing in front of him and so that he could recognise me, but they were too thick anyway. They couldn't recognise me anyway. But, you were, but anyway, you, were you, know? in, you were in court. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Washington Street Courthouse. Did it, did Washington it, Street Courthouse. Was it all over really quickly? Um, the case the case was called in the morning. You've been through there maybe around half eleven, quarter twelve, and I'd done and dusted before one o'clock, and then he went upstairs for a second case. Did you know? Oh my God, so, Almighty! That is just unbelievable. Yeah. And, and unbelievable. I had something else, Neil. I had to get a solicitor to represent me inside in court, but the solicitor I went to couldn't represent me because he was representing the traveller that robbed me. So you had to go somewhere else. I said so to go somewhere else. And did you have to pay that solicitor then? Yeah, yeah. I got a bill in the door. Yeah. How much? Yes, I did. A couple of hundred euro, Neil. So you had to pay a couple, a hundred, couple of hundred euro to go into yeah, court for a guy with all yeah. those convictions to get a 50 euro fine and you're out yeah. the hundred, couple of hundred euro to the solicitor and you're down a 1600 yeah. euro TV. Between fourteen sixteen hundred euro TV, yeah. Oh man, I just want to. Yeah. Oh man, I could weep. No, I'm not giving all about the hard working travellers because it's, people are probably texting in like Matt saying that they, like we, we all don't go around robbing houses. I'm not. I'm not on about them. I'm on about the bad ones. Neil, the bad ones. You know. 
This and is what happened to you. This is your story. This is your this narrative. This is my story. Yeah. This is what happened to me. And I just want to get it out there. Like the Romans were getting a bad old going yesterday. They are bad inside the city centre. They are. But what's worse than them is the travellers that are going around the place robbing houses. You know? And over the last couple of weeks, robbing dogs in the area and the but whole lot. You were you lucky know? you didn't get a. You were lucky you didn't get a hiding, weren't you? I got a bit of a kick in, Neil. I did get a bit of a kick in, but there was nobody ever going up my front door with my TV. My you know? God so, Almighty! What about if it was I someone who wasn't able to defend themselves, or you know, came upon I was them? Lucky enough, there was a golf club in behind the front door. Uh, behind the front door. I've had so, I've heard some stories in my day, and that's that's right up there actually as to how the judicial system is seriously broken. It's oh, just, shock, yeah. I tell you what I do, Neil. I get back to there now in maybe the end of July because I'm actually due in court myself on something I done inside in town. Okay, it'll definitely be on the papers. And when that when that case is finished and dust, I'll get back on there. All right, well I won't. All right. Did you get into a bit of trouble? Right. Was it? I won't go into detail. No, 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 no. Just um, just uh, a car that was going the wrong way down the one way system. All right, okay, okay. Coming together with the car. Let's let's but, um, see, let's see what happens when you're in court, then, shall we? We'll see what happens because I know what's going to happen. I'll either get um, I'll get the opportunity to pay a two hundred euro fine, or I'll be sent up to up to Cock Prison for a staycation <laughs> for two weeks if I don't pay the fine with Netflix, Sky Sports, Sky Gym, and three three meals a day. You know, that's the only staycation the people of Cock City should be doing. It's going to be up the up the cop prison, you know. Well, so, your um, man who robbed you got away with it. He didn't get to any visit to Cork Prison or didn't get to use the Netflix of the three meals a day. He got 50 euro uh, fine and don't even know if you'll pay it. All right. I'll talk to you so at the end of the, at the, the end of July, all right? Not about an eight, be good. Pleasure Hello. talking to you. Thank you. That's incredible. I mean, it's just absolutely bizarre. Calls on the way. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Yes, indeed. Busy Friday morning. John, good morning. Thanks for holding. Oh, good morning, Neil. Now, you want to talk about differentiating between people. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Uh, well, firstly, about that last man, Steve, is it? Yeah. And his court. Yeah. I was fascinated there. But, you know, you act as a sort of an ombudsman for the oppressed. Where, where would we go with our complaints if we hadn't got to? All right, <laughs> we well, thank you for that. But, I mean, I, I think that man should have spoken up to the judge and said to the judge while he said to you, it's not the judges need to hear the voices of the victims. They're not hearing it, you see. Well, his, anyway, that's yeah, his maybe his solicitor should have said something to the judge. They'll hardly say something to a judge because they're going to be up before the judge again and again and again. So a solicitor's going to keep their mouth shut, I'd say. I suppose. I suppose. I mean, it's, but, isn't that the most incredible thing like that you ever heard in your life? A 50 yeah, well, euro fine. It's, it's just, it seems to be just uh, not that unusual. I've heard various cases like it, you know. And he goes out of that court and he goes upstairs to another court. I suppose if it weren't so serious, it would be funny, you know. It almost um, is laughable, like. It is, I suppose, really, yeah. But, Neil, uh, the reason I'm ringing you is um, about the the people say to distinguish between Romanian and Roma. You see, people say Romanian and they mean Roma and vice versa. The population of Romania is about 22 million people, of which about 4 million are Roma. Now, the nearest equivalent we would find to Roma here would be, I suppose, travellers, if it's out of a different cultural background, you know, and they're more mobile. And the Roma move about all over Eastern Europe and Western Europe too. Um, And I'm afraid they're not very welcome anywhere. 
because they have a different lifestyle which clashes with clashes with the lifestyle of settled people. Well, unfortunately, the track record of some of them have made no, it impossible yeah, for the rest of them. There is this yeah. problem, yeah. yeah. But all, all I want to say is Romanians don't like being uh, confused with Roma. Unfortunately, the two names sound very alike. But the actual population of uh, settled people in Romania is about 18 million. Well, Chris told me that in Romania they're played with them with the robbing as well and the begging yeah, also. Right they, are, they are very... They, and they, all they, I know is that people are fed up of it. They don't care what you're wearing or where you're from. It's, you just got to cop on. I know, sure, I know. Yeah. I, I suppose it's just a human condition really, isn't it? Well, you know? I mean, it's just the way it is. Like shopkeepers are just played with people coming in robbing them. And uh, it's so bad now that they don't even call the guards. They just take the stuff back if they catch them and they I kick know. them out. I know, yeah. All right, thanks for that, John. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to line six. Padre, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. Okay, there's, I think you're, you have a legal background. Are you training to be a uh, barrister, is it? A barrister, correct, yes. That's okay. right. So okay. I was uh, listening with interest to the residents uh, yet again. Um, my, but, but I was wondering why they hadn't actually approached it in a pragmatic way and um, gone to the district court. There's a, a number of, of actual remedial actions open to them. Um, the Sarah McNulty to the solicitor down in uh, Cantalans there a couple of weeks ago was telling me of some something in the act from the 1930s or 40s regarding infectious diseases or something. Um, you don't think about no, that? Think, no, 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 no. That, that house parties should be broken up by guards on the basis of the COVID nineteen pandemic. But anyway, go ahead yourself. The, well, well, first of all, that actually the nineteen forty seven health act. Yes, no, and uh, the guards don't have power to go into the house. It's a private dwelling. Okay, um, so in, criminal proceedings in, then is it? Uh, there is that. I'll come to that in a second. But the, the first option and the most straightforward would be go down to the district court. Um, the guy Anthony sounds quite articulate. There's a thing called the Notice of Intention to Make a Complaint. It's about €20, euro and it will ultimately go before a judge and an order will be made for the residents to keep the noise down. And if they breach it, they're in contempt of court. And what happens when they're in contempt of court? Um, in contempt of court, um, ultimately... So you have this you know, order and you pay a 20 euro, you go to court mm-hmm. and you get this... Uh, and the Yeah, you, you, the judge will have to make the order and it's called a notice of intention to make a complaint. And who gets that then? It's posted to the house or the what? Residents. Oh, yeah, you'll have to serve uh, that on the, the residents or the landlord. Okay. Um, so you serve it on the uh, residents inside in the house and you yeah, serve it yeah. also on the on the landlord if you can find him or her. And then they breach that order. What then happens? You go back before the court and say, Judge, well, the order hasn't been complied with, and enforcement could, yeah, enforcement could be um, the guard's call, and breach of a court order is a criminal offence. Would they be arrested then? Could be, could be, yeah. And criminal proceedings, you know. Yeah. Um, On criminal, actually, you know, it's a bit of a misdemeanour as well. Well, okay, no, sorry. Bar the guards have the power generally in this country to bring a, pro- a criminal prosecution, but citizens also do under the Petty Sessions Act. So all this Mickey Mouse carry on out on the road and wing mirrors and noise. If you go before the district court as well and make um, an application, um, quite straightforward, the, the, the office will help you, as they will do with the previous one I just discussed under the Petty Sessions Act for harassment. Is a criminal offence, so you'll have to go again before a judge and explain the background. I mean, that's incredible. Like, it, that's incredible because all of the the vigils and the silent protests and all of the, they could just stop all of that and just go straight to court. 
Thank you, Terry. They could just... Um, the residents just don't need to be yep. walking around with placards or silent vigils no, outside no. houses or and landlords. Just go to court. And probably an even more, I suppose, hard-hitting remedy would be an injunction. Now, that would be an action in, uh, under the civil remedy of nuisance. Um, go in, um, ex parte, that means only the resident, the applicant is there, and get um, an injunction. Okay, so you've given three yeah. very effective options there now for the residents. Could they get? Well, could you? Civil and one criminal, yeah. Okay, but could they get all of the addresses and go in in one job lot where they could have ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty, whatever amount of residents and go in and get it all done? Uh, it would mean you know, it has to be a separate order for each separate complaint. Is you have to go in each time for each different house? It would be twenty euro per house or whatever. Yeah, so. You know, it's it's an option. It'll just mean going before a district court judge and, you know, persuading the judge. But it's a civil, so it's on the balance of probabilities as opposed to criminal, which is beyond reasonable doubt. Civil is 50.01%. He has to be convinced that this is worth um, making as an order. No, and, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, it's an option. You know, I'm sure they have proof and everything. But, uh, what kind of proof were, would you need, though? Would the judge look for uh, proof? Require recordings and videos. I mean, we live in an era when it's quite easy to record things, you know. Okay. I don't know if you've got a little bit of time. Maybe if uh, one of the residents or those involved in the association wanted to have a chat with you, would you ever take a phone call from um, I, well, I can give you my opinion as a law graduate, but not, not, not a professional. No, I'm not saying you know, in a um, professional way, but yeah. you could maybe guide them along a little bit if they want that, you know? Seeing as you've, um, you've shown an interest in it, you don't have to. I'm just suggesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can certainly uh, give you the the, the, um, the, the orders what you will be looking for in the exactly. court. Okay, you can the give numbers them. there for the orders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah. You can point yeah, them yeah, on yeah. the. You can show them the roadmap, yeah, and they ultimately they go down and um, fill it in the forms. Nice one. You'd give them the roadmap as a fellow says. Thanks, Podrick. Sure. Okay, appreciate it. And good luck. Um, when when will you qualify? Um, it, it calls to the bar next year. Um, it's it's two. It's over. A year and a half, so okay. halfway through. Okay, well, well done. Congratulations so far. Keep it up. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Back after the break. Actually, I'll take a quick call. Eileen Keane from jumpstartyourconfidence.com. Eileen, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are, are you? Are you just jumping on, jumping in on these students, is it? Just jumping in a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose I think the way Anthony spoke this morning um, made an awful lot of sense to me. You know, these kids aren't 15, like they're 18, 19, up to 24, 25. Some of them have left college. Some of them are, you know, it's known as party central now because they're coming in. But saying that, there are kids in there who are behaving and who are living a quieter way. That has to be said. But I think, it's, you know, at what point are we going to teach people how to behave? I mean, they have to have consequences for their actions themselves. Otherwise, what kind of adults are they going to be going forward into the world? It's just so wrong. You know, I've questioned a couple of times. I just wonder maybe... They have no fear of the guards. We all know that. So the next step then, like, where is the army? I'd like, I'd tell them to know where they've been for the last year or four months. But, it would, you know, could we not maybe deploy a few to frighten them a little bit? Anybody who's actually breaking the law, whether it's behaviour, whether it's drugs, whether it's drink, whether it's disrespect, whatever, that they're maybe brought home, given a warning, and if it happens twice... I get a, I'd get a fund together if I was the people involved in it and for every house I'd have 20 euros set aside to get a court injunction uh, and then it becomes it becomes legally enforceable by the guardie if there's another party afterwards that's the way I'd go I mean don't, will, will you don't know how you don't know how the, the judge might react to students parting then that's the only problem I don't know 
Well, it's even that's not parting, I suppose. It's, you know, there has there is rules and regulations about what you're allowed to do and up to the hours you're allowed to behave and when they're disrespecting people's property and their privacy. Um, it's horrific. I just feel, you know, that a lot of them are great and they're doing they're, they're behaving, but I do, I do think at some point in our lives we have to kind of take responsibility for our actions. And if that's not enforced, then what kind of young adults are we actually going to be living with? I find it really sad that kids, firstly, you're dealing in an area where a lot of the residents are older, They've, their lives have been absolutely turned upside down like everybody else's. But yeah, but this is decades. Factors. This has gone on for 20 years, maybe more. Yeah, but, but we're in the middle of a pandemic, Neil. This is different. It's not an average summer. It's not rag week. This is in the middle of a pandemic. and this You, could have, you could have fooled me with what's going on and the photographs that I see around the place. Absolutely, I agree with you. But there's no, there just seems to be absolutely no consequences for actions. And when we don't have that, there's no boundaries. There's no nothing. So it gets worse and worse and it builds and that's not, you know, we're not doing the, these young adults any favours either because by allowing them to behave like this, the lesson they're getting is we're, you know, no one can touch us. We can do whatever the hell we want, which is just wrong for everybody involved. You know, for those who are behaving that way, it is so disrespectful. And, that, and because of the time we're in, I think it's a hell of a lot worse than the average rag week or whatever might happen. This is when older people, everybody really, but to be honest, we all know older people have this massive fear because because of the way this pandemic has played out and to actually treat them the way they've been treating them, I find that really upsetting and sad. Okay, hold on a second. You ask ask the question as to where they learn this behaviour. Mary says, alcoholism levels in this country are the fault. Uh, It's the government's fault, nobody else. A publican holds a licence by law and has a duty of care to every patron. What the government did in deregulating licences destroyed this country and the health service. Off-licence prices dropped thousands and could be bought by supermarkets, corner shops... They allowed off-licenses to open up everywhere and anywhere, even in petrol stations. People are buying wine with their food, shopping in their kids. Kids are getting slabs of cans. People can get and drink anywhere they want. The government deregulated the whole system, says Marie. What is all this nonsense about protecting uh, frontline people? I'm sure they all enjoy a drink or two as well, and they are all delighted with the pubs opening. Anyway, that's just a by the way, but she's saying... It's drink. It's everywhere. Uh, look, you can get it look, anywhere you want. It's yeah, it's, che- it's cheaper. It's cheaper than um, bottled water now at this stage. Yeah, but sure there's loads of kids can get the drinks, but they're not. Uh, there's loads of kids can have a few drinks and not be disrespectful. I don't agree with that. Yes, we do have a drink, a drink issue here. There's nothing new there that's been going on since the beginning of time. But yeah, but the if there were no off licenses, maybe thing. if there were no off licenses in and around the college road, then there would maybe oh, maybe they get it elsewhere. I suppose yeah, they get taxis to deliver. If they had to go to oh, fifty miles off, they're going to get it. It's not that though. I think it's just the lack of respect, really, and the, the behaviour issues. I don't think that comes that's anybody's issue except the people themselves and their families. It's an entitlement. They feel it's an entitlement that's or a right of point, passage, and that's the point. I feel is absolutely shocking. Like somebody said to me, they felt so sorry for the child because they couldn't do their J1, they couldn't do this. And I said, hang on a minute, we're in a pandemic. You know, my parents up the road who can't go outside the door, this is now like a month ago or whatever. You know, you have so many people, everybody's struggling in some way. So why do some group think that they're outside of that? It's an interesting one here. So I was listening to I was listening to national radio last week after your show ended at midday, and a student from up the country was on the air and said all of her friends were heading to Cork instead of America. That's not the first I've heard of that. Yeah, well, there you have it. Yeah, you're so it there, now. therein gives another fear factor for the residents, and that's just wrong. Okay, okay. Okay, thanks, Eileen. Right, Lines open, one 106 Pick it up after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04-106. Red.
FM. Thank you very much. Uh, I promised uh, even more shout-outs today because I mistimed it yesterday and ran out of time. And Paul, I know you were in touch with him by Instagram. I haven't forgotten about you. I kind of forgot about you for a few days, but I've remembered you again. So I'll sort out your voucher at midday. Okay, sorry for forgetting you for a few days, but all is well now. Uh, love to listen to your show, show, says Geraldine. I would like to give, do a shout-out to myself. Lockdown has been tough. My partner worked for the full lockdown, not on the front line, but as an essential worker. He also farms after his full-time day job in the evenings and weekends. We have three young kids now aged four, 20 months and eight months. <laughs> Some very tough days. We, get married, we were to get married in April, but it's postponed for now. I just want to nominate myself as I feel I've done one of the hardest jobs of keeping everything going in the most challenging and most difficult times you could ever imagine. Any kind of a treat will do. Ramen, roosters, Tom Durkins, greatly appreciated. Well, if you don't look after yourself, who won't? So morning to you, Geraldine. Thanks for uh, following me on Instagram. Lisa says, would you please consider my sister Karen McDermott from Clonic Kilty for one of your vouchers? She had a heart transplant eight years ago and has been in isolation for 110 days. Her birthday is on the 2nd of July. I don't know where she She'll be, we'll be back to normal. She has no immune system and won't be leaving her house until a vaccine is found. My niece Nicola has been in isolation with her. She's 18 in May. And my heart breaks for my sister and she loves to travel. But now she has only her home to spend her days in as everything starts to get back to normal. She can't get back to normal anytime soon, says Lisa. Thank you for that. And a lovely um, contact then on Instagram from the, the Brow Boutique. I hope you don't mind me messing you. I'm aim, my name is Mel Maverley. I own a company called the Brow Bar Boutique. I'm closed since March 13th and I'm probably the only lunatic in Cork that's expanded their business during a pandemic. You're probably saying to yourself, what's a brow bar? Well, it's beauty, Neil. Beauty. I keep women and the women of Cork looking like women and not looking like men. <laughs> I shape brows, lip wax, chins and so on. Well, when I heard of Debenham's closure, it genuinely upset me. I took the decision to take on some of their brow bar staff at Debenham's. I took on so many that I'm now opening a new store in Blackrock Village. Well done. And thank you for getting in touch, Mel. And congratulations on the business so far. And I hope it goes really well for you down on Black Rock. And also giving people a job who lost work in Debenhams. Um, I was just listening there about the, the girl that wrote a book about the Cole K. That's right, Lisa. My granddad wrote loads of songs and stories about Cork and I'd like to know how I go about getting um, a copy of the book for ourselves to enjoy. At the moment, we have everything in a cupboard that we typed out many years ago belonged to my granddad. We also have a recording of him reading out the songs and the stories. It was recorded in 1980. I'll send on one that he wrote about Andy Gaw. And you, thank you. You did send me on the one about Andy Gaw, Paul. And I'd love to see more of them. Perhaps you might send me an email off off Instagram. Just email me. Maybe we might be able to listen to some of the recordings that your granddad did about stories of all Cork. I'd love that. Morning. I heard on your show you were happy to promote businesses. We run a family-run business in Clonakilty, West Cork. We make handmade wax melts. They're inspired by designer fragrances. Wow. Would you like me to send you out some of our wax melts and a wax melt burner? Look forward to hearing from you. Says Jess, yes, do send it on. And then we can encourage people to buy your products at Stone Ridge Aromas. Google it, lads, or check them out on Instagram, Stone Ridge Aromas. And then please mention uh, to enable Ireland's lockdown. Um, and they sent me the challenge that's going on at the moment. I may well come back to that, Aideen, uh, maybe next week and see if we can help out Enable Ireland. But thanks for getting in touch. It's the 100-day challenge for the everydayhero.com. 
connection on social media. Then a company called Books for You got in touch because they heard we were promoting Cork businesses. My business is www.booksforyou.ie. I set it up last December. It's I sell general interest books for children. We sell box sets, children's packs. We sell uh, lots of different range and work books for kids aged three to nine. Pencil design for children's hands and things like that. It's a great little business. And thank you for getting in touch. So that's a Cork business. It's called uh, www.booksforyou.ie. Well worth supporting. Um, just to let you know, I've listened to you for years. and my husband never did until the lockdown. Now he listens every day, texting in and ringing me in work, quoting your show as he's at home. I can tell you one thing, Neil, you have gained at least one new loyal listener, says Siobhan O'Donovan, and contacted me also on Instagram. Well, there's a chance that I lose some loyal listeners this morning if I don't play. Firstly, if I do play, you'll never walk alone. Got a problem. And then if I don't play, you'll never walk alone. I've equally got a problem. So I've got a bit of a conundrum or quandary going on as to what to actually do. Shauna says, I um, heard you saying on the radio that you're supporting small businesses on your Instagram. Instagram. Would you give my family's mobile chipper ice cream van a shout out? They have won the Bridgestone Guide Award for the best food for 11 years straight. It's a small family run business in the Barra area of West Cork. Here's an attachment for their Instagram business page. And that was Shona who got in touch with me last week. And then I went in and I looked at the business. Um, and it's incredible. It's a, a mobile family chipper. But I, I looked at the photographs of the food that they're serving up. It's unreal, particularly the fish and chips and the scampi and the prawns and the monk tail. Uh, and apparently it travels around West Cork. Um, you can follow them. It's Murphy's Dursey. And Shona was in touch. I, I know I had more paperwork than that. And I, I think I had the photographs of the food as well. But I'm actually down in West Cork, not this weekend, but next weekend, down in the Eccles Hotel in Glengariff. And I hope to try and find your family's mobile chipper and to taste it, take some photographs and tell people how fabulous it is. But thanks for getting in touch, Shona. Apparently, people love it down west, the mobile chipper and the wonderful food that it's doing. So that's just a selection. I'll come back to some more shout outs, uh, not just from Instagram, but also by email and text throughout the course of the morning. All right. So just ahead of the news at, uh, at 11. Derek, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Uh, help me out here, will you? I'm in an awful state. Help me out. <laughs> I won't sing it, but I, I certainly recommend that you play it. What am I going to do with all the Man U supporters then, and the, and uh, and the Everton supporters, and the Chelsea supporters, and the Arsenal supporters? United had their day, and I don't know about playing to Everton. Um, None of them have songs, though, to the best of my knowledge, do they? Yeah, they make up songs anyway, so... Um, Ah, for God's sake, text, man. As I, as I said on my text, um, I personally wouldn't begrudge any of those supporters their, their day of glory and stuff like that. So, And I know there's certain menu fans wouldn't begrudge me personally either. So, um, you want to be sitting where I am looking at, you want to be sitting where I am looking at the text yeah. that I'm getting. One word springs to mind with regards yeah, to living. One, one, one word springs to mind with regards to Liverpool supporters wanting to hear you'd never walk alone and that word is gloating and are we not entitled to that I don't know here? I don't know what to do <laughs> no and again personally it's not gloating I'm not that type of person anybody that knows me would would back me up there I think but at the same time 
after waiting so long, I think we're entitled to a little bit of that as well. So Don't play it, Neil. Uh, we're 30 years listening to them. Do, Neil, yeah. Do. <laughs> I was saying to Seamus there, I'm not one for coming on the radio. It's the first time I've ever been on here, I'd say, and I'd be... Um, how do you feel as a supporter 45 years supporting Liverpool? How do you feel? How did you feel? No, I need night? to correct that actually, um, Neil, because I must be getting old. It was 1977 when Liverpool won the European Cup for the first time. That's when I started following Liverpool. All right, we call it 43. 43, 43. So how did you feel last night? Grown men crying. Men out on the street with Liverpool flags and jerseys. Yeah, yeah. It's suddenly brought back long distant memories like so um, no memories winning the Champions League a couple of times <laughs> since um, oh, man. Uh, we've had all that but it's um, um, look it's I'd say if the, if the pubs were open I don't know would they be in work today but I know <laughs> yeah Aaron deservedly so I mean you're alright so no, it's you're, it's um, not the, it's not the easiest thing in the world to call a radio station but uh, you did and you say well, that text because you said that um, you'd go on a text um, kind of uh, percentages or whatever yeah. of yes and no so you believe that you believe that any true soccer supporter wouldn't begrudge you'd wa- never walk alone exactly alright friend the, the nail on the head alright friend congratulations have, thank you so much yeah. alright cheers All right, thanks very much we shall see right <laughs> Still got an hour to decide. Text 0868104106. You'll break people's hearts either way, wouldn't you? Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prindeville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Um, <laughs> tell Neil Play, you'll never walk alone at five minutes to midday, so it doesn't matter if everybody turns off. I'm not so sure about that. I'm an Everton fan, but I think you should play the song for the pool fans. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's well deserved. Uh, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but it's just a song, and at least it'll bring some happiness to those who are fans. Maybe it would bring happiness to all soccer fans, because at least soccer is back, even those that don't support Liverpool. You have to play the song, The Joy It Gave My Husband and Sons in Killareen Downey last night was amazing. You can't be taking sides now up the pool. Um, I wouldn't be a fanatical soccer supporter, not by any stretch of the imagination, like some people that I know that are. Um, Mind you, I'm even starting to get texts to my own phone and even emails as well to my own... (laughs) Some people even got my own email address, but I mean, it's amazing the amount of people either want or don't want. Let's see what John McDonough wants to do. John, good morning. What do you think I should do? I can't hear you, man. Just move around a little Hello? bit. What? Move around. Yes, sorry, can you hear me now? That's a bit better. Go on, John. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be pampering up there to the Man United fans, yeah? <laughs> very bad losers, yeah? <laughs> There's not very many of them around the spawn and waiting, wearing their uh, jerseys and all that, yeah? Yeah, but you see, that's why they would get even more annoyed now with you saying that. And me playing, you never walk alone, you know? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to say too much to him to get denied, yeah? <laughs> uh, let him get denied all they want, yeah? We're Premier League champions, <laughs> European champions and world champions, yeah? Are you a supporter all your life? Yes, more than 40 years, yeah? Right. <laughs> oh, so, my God. Like so, 
Oh, Let them get denied all they want. Don't be pampering up to them anyway. I'm sure you'll have a lot more Liverpool people turning in anyway. I don't want, I don't want anybody turning the radio off. Liverpool, oh, United, Arsenal, Liverpool. Spurs. I want, don't want anyone to turn off. I don't want to be causing like any... You know, if you just mentioned about Liverpool to spawn, you probably would have gotten some of them turned off any because <laughs> I, I have a couple of Man United fans around me, yeah? <laughs> the very minute you mentioned about Liverpool, they put their fingers to their ears. Yeah? <laughs> so, hold hold on there a second. Hold on a second, John. Malcolm. Yeah. This is Malcolm Hello, the Postman. Neil. Morning. Go on. What? How are you? I'm good. Neil, I'm telling you now, right? I've been an avid supporter of Red FM for a long time. If you play that rubbish on the radio, I'll never forgive you. Ah, that's an awful situation to put a fellow Corkman in, in fairness. It is oh, rubbish. And then, by the way, it's a Celtic song. <laughs> not a Liverpool it's a Celtic song. Celtic <laughs> song. Hey, come here to tell you, how would that be rubbish? Because it's rubbish. You robbed the song. It's rubbish. It's rubbish when you have... You, it's rubbish when you have Man United fans. Come, come back to me, Dono, when you retain the title. Does that make you a good sign? <laughs> I retained my own. Oh, we won it now. That's all. You're just kind of a sore loser, yeah. <laughs> but then again, you're not the only one. I say you're not the only man United fan as a sore loser, yeah. <laughs> For God's sake, you're making things I'm worse. I'm, I'm a postman down around Blackpool this morning, right, and various other areas, and the amount of uh, what I would call newly found Liverpool supporters <laughs> with their Liverpool tops. Go away and copy yourselves on. <laughs> what a loser! They robbed the song. They're, Liverpool robbed the song from Celtic, you're saying, is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's a Celtic song. You have, have nothing to compare to it anyway, yeah? <laughs> Come here, Malcolm. Oh, 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 who do you support? Oh, Manchester United, Neil. And what's the man? I know well. The Red Devils, yeah? Is that the one with the devil? Glory, glory, Man United. What's the Man United? What's the Man United song then? Glory, glory, Man United. Well, oh, glory, what? Glory, my eye. When you were when you were runners up, third and fourth and fifth, when the seventies and eighties to Liverpool. Is that here. runners up? Was it? Come here, this carry-on this morning. Come here, this carry-on this morning is going to turn into another Saipan, you know? Yeah, yeah. But a T-shirt... Oh, well, look, you have United, to back like, on that one anyway. They're just all sore losers. Old McGridge, you know, sore losers, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Hard look, it'll be a long time again before they'll win a title. <laughs> and what are you trying to say? When are we going to get next year, is it? <laughs> Will you cop yourself on? European <laughs> champions, world champions, Premier League champions. What have you got? <laughs> I tell you, know, you I have to be so I'm going off social media. Uh, I'm losing my phone. Go on, yeah, go on, you suck, yeah. Go on, keep crying. Now. Go on, <laughs> you have to listen to know, you All right, all right, all right. Ding, ding. Go back to your... Go back to your corners. Go back. Ah, Malcolm, <laughs> give me a break, will you? I'm stuck oh, in the no, middle on it. Neil, give Neil me Anderson. a dig out, will you? Listen, Let me play Neil, the bloody you thing, should, will you? You should see my Facebook page. I may have to get the hammer already. There's one little rug, that's all I call him, Borough Power. <laughs> I drove plug him from Borough Power Carpentry. That's he has my heart and soul broken already. And it started last night as soon as that final whistle went. That, no... <laughs> Neil, please, I'm begging you, don't play that song. Why? I mean, like, let's all be happy uh, together. At least soccer's back. In all fairness. No, you see, they, 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 like, it's fine with certain, certain fans of soccer clubs. But the Liverpool ones, they're gloss. Look, I have a brother-in-law there, right? Fergus O'Brien. He has his kids brainwashed into following Liverpool as well. 
So, I know, d- I get, get, get the Hagenator on the phone there. Get Rory O'Hagan, our sportsman, on the phone. I'll let him make the call on this, in all fairness. What about 5 to 12? Malcolm, what about 5 minutes to 12? When I'm well, kind of... Te- yeah, 5 to 12 is fair, but I just I have to turn the radio off because I cannot listen to that. But will you turn it back on then for the news? I'll think about it. I think you're, you're breaking my heart, Neil, to be honest. <laughs> you're meant to be impartial here, you know? <laughs> so I think the best thing to do is play a different song. Like what? Blue is the colour. Football is the colour. Manchester United Ravens, Blue Moon, that will do. Blue Moon. I can't cross that, that rubbish. When you walk. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Couple of quick calls on this. Lots to do between now and midday. Marie, good morning. Come on, Neil. Okay, go ahead. Neil, I think you should play it, even though I am a Man United supporter, <laughs> but my family, the Roaches from Watergrass Hill, they're all Liverpool supporters, and I think Alex Ferguson and myself won't mind this time <laughs> if you do play it out for them. <laughs> so, good luck to all Liverpool. They deserved it. All we right. had our chance as well. So Fair play to you. Thanks, Marie. Neil, okay, bye-bye. Cheers. Uh, Podge, good morning. Podge, you the barman in Tim Cashman's? I'm one of them, yeah, Neil. How are you? <laughs> that's, that, that's a Liverpool pub, isn't it? It is. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a Man United fan. Oh, and, no. Uh, they know me as the Mank. <laughs> what am I going to do? I say play the bloody thing. They've had, they've had their fun and they'll have more, I'd say. But look, they deserve it, and I say from all of us in Jim Cash, we've done it, Kieran and Anthony Vaughan. Happy, well done for them. They deserve it. Well, you say hello to D- Donica for me. I haven't seen him in years. We soldiered well together years well, back. Well, he's mad. He's mad painting, getting ready. And uh, when are you open? I'm not 100% sure, but I think we're going to open in the- when the pubs are out. All right, and everybody be mad keen to get back to yeah. to the pub. All right, fair play. But what's it like working? What's it like working behind the counter? Well, you kept us all during lockdown. Ah, that's fine. I'm only doing my job. Happy to be here. Happy to be able to go to work. What's it like being a, a, a Man United supporter working behind the bar of a Liverpool pub? I nearly got fired the time Stephen Gerrard fell over <laughs> and lost the lead for him. Now they cheers. <laughs> You don't wear a Man U jersey behind the counter, do you, know? I, tr- I tried it once, and uh, I, another time I nearly got fired. Uh, <laughs> you're going to get die-hard Liverpool too, like. Do they spend all their days trying to convert you? Oh, no, they wouldn't want me. Jesus, they wouldn't want me at all. <laughs> okay. All right, my man. One right. well, big shout-out to Mick O'Neill as well, down in Carrigaline. He's right. delighted about Liverpool. He's waiting for this all his life. Okay, well, I'm in a bit of a difficult situation. Thanks for that. Good luck to you all in, in, uh, in Tim Cashman. So I brought on, I don't think he was listening this morning. He probably doesn't listen to me. He's probably got good taste. Rory O'Hagan from the Sports Department. Morning! I always listen to you, boy. You I, have no, I, have no, I don't know when did I see you last. Sometime last year, I think, was it? It feels like a lifetime ago, buddy, doesn't it? You probably have a beard and long hair, do you? Well, I, I've gone bald, like, so I'm not sure about the long hair, but the beard, no, there's, like, birds living in it at this point. Like. <laughs> uh, you got to help me out here. I got myself into a lot of hot water again. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> oh, no, I have a serious problem here. I'm shaking head to toe. Should I or shouldn't I? Will I or won't I? Uh, will what? Play You'll Never Walk Alone. <laughs> I think 
you have to play for the day that's in it. You have to roll off the show, which you'll never walk alone. But I'm getting a load of people claiming they'll never listen again, you see. And I don't want... <laughs> that is a fine... Like, that's a fine balance. It's kind of like you're standing on thin ice a little bit, aren't you? I would say, look, come here, I'm a Man United fan and I'd say play it. Yeah, you would think that maybe everybody would be celebrating that soccer is back and that they'd park their allegiances for five minutes. <laughs> Not at all. Tribalism in football, you think people can park their allegiances, <laughs> especially when Liverpool win the title for the first time in 30 years and their fans have been insufferable, insufferable <laughs> all night on, like, based on my WhatsApps anyway. Well, they deserve it. They've waited long enough for it, haven't they? I know, but uh, some people would say if you play it, it's gloating, that people are gloating. I know, but like, like they might not win the title for another thirty years. Like, you know what I mean? So, so if, so if you were sitting here and I was on holidays and you were here, you'd play it, would you? I would. I, I, I think I would. I'd play it at the end. <laughs> of the song anyway. I'd play it at the end of the show. Then if people switch off, that's Phil's problem. They're not going to the show. <laughs> All right, my man, I'll see you soon. Thanks for that, oh, Judge okay, Rory O'Hagan. <laughs> oh, my God. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six for that and all other business. What am I going to do with you? It's, it's all about, um, you know, things regarding out and about and people dealing with the public and people dealing with retail staff and behaving themselves and public responsibility or personal responsibility. You need to talk about the health and safety of security staff who are working on the doors of shops and doing traffic control and the likes of McDonald's recently. You had a woman on the air a couple of weeks ago who wanted to jump the queue and told the security staff that she'd knock him down, remember? Uh, you thought that was funny, Neil, didn't you? People are being abused, and she thought it was a funny thing to do. Well, I can tell you there's no personal responsibility, and it's making it hard for people to do their jobs without causing hassle and putting people at risk. Preschools and creches are opening, and children are allowed into other settings, yet people are given out about pubs opening, waivers of responsibility, and disclaimers need to be addressed regarding COVID-19. Yeah, in the sense that will people have to sign things when they go into premises like a pub or a restaurant or will they have to be given some kind of a uh, a waiver to the owner saying I won't come after you and sue you? If people contract COVID-19 with a specific, within a specific setting, then it's not the person's responsibility for being there. It should not be the responsibility of the pubs who in the future could be sued over this, even though they have taken the necessary steps to prevent the disease. Personal responsibility needs to be made very clear at the door of all premises. How many Gardaí will be called to venues to defuse situations because some people with alcohol feel that they are privileged? Pre-booking needs to be enforced so you have names and contact details for all the people. And you can't have people roaming freely from pub to pub. It will happen though. There will be people booking more than one. Emer says restrictions need to be legalized and made clear for everyone before opening. And insurance companies need to come up with a risk assessment to evaluate cases so that businesses won't suffer or be sued because people haven't taken personal responsibility for their own actions. So thank you for that. And it's quite interesting because as schools are reopening, (coughs) I was sent uh, an email and then a photocopy of some paperwork from uh, Laura, a mother of uh, some kids in school. It's kind of interesting. She says, yesterday, a family friend got an email about her daughter going back to school in September. The email spoke about how the classes would be split. Some third year class students would be in with fourth class students, you know, third class in with fourth class. We're talking primary school. The email from the principal asked parents to pick three children that your child would like to be in class with. 
I believe that surely this is wrong. What about the child who has more than three friends? Um, I suppose a child with that many friends would be lucky, but worse. What about the child that doesn't have a best friend? That child would find it hard to make friends. Am I overreacting or is this totally crazy for a bunch of eight-year-old girls to be asked? Says Laura. And then with the, with that is the attachment that said, Dear parents, I hope you and your families are well. At present, I'm busy working um, uh, at closing down the school year and getting ready for the next year. It's quite lengthy, but the email talks about uh, we've had large numbers in both second class and third class last year. Having given the situation much thought, I've decided to assign three teachers between the two classes that will reduce the numbers considerably. So we will have a third class and a third stroke fourth class. And also a single fourth class. But in order for me to assign pupils to classes, I'd like you to chat to your daughter and fill up the form outlining her friends for me. I'm going to try and keep groups of friends together, if at all possible. Um, anyway, they said that we're still awaiting guidelines from the department on different things. But the attachment then is uh, parents' name, sorry, pupils' name, friend number one, friend number two, and friend number three. And Laura feels that this isn't on, that it's wrong, and that it's unfair to do, whereas I actually don't think so. I think that the teacher is trying, or the principal is trying as best she can, or he can, and whether it's male or female, to uh, organize it so that kids can be with friends that they've made and stay with friends that they made as they move through the cycle. I don't think you're going to please everybody, but I pass it on because I'm wondering what do you guys think of it? Because for me, I think... There are greater things to be worried about or stressing about, but she seems to think it's an issue and perhaps I'm missing something here. Pick out your friends. Tell me their names. What do you think of that? Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. We'll plough ahead uh, right up to uh, midday. Stephen, good morning. Neil, who are you? That was an incredible story there earlier on of the TV being robbed and it ended up in court and your man with 102 previous convictions, he got a 50 euro fine and uh, yeah. walked out scot-free. So the fellow whose TV was robbed then had to pay 200 euro to a solicitor to go to court to represent them and had to buy a new television for 1600 bucks. I mean, it just, it's farcical like. What are your thoughts? Well, I had a situation about five or six years ago when... Um, a chainsaw was stolen out of my van in broad daylight and a young girl witnessed it and she told me and eventually actually about two weeks later the guards recovered the chainsaw about half a mile from my parents house in Glanmire and um, so they told me I had to go into the Bridewell and give an interview and the whole lot took me about an hour and then they were going to hear the, the case it took about two years for the case to come to court and then I went on the first occasion and then they said it couldn't be heard. I went on the second occasion it couldn't be heard. Um, the guys were prosecuting for burglary, were they? They were, yeah, they okay. were. Yeah. And um, on the fourth occasion I went uh, into the courthouse in Washington Street with the chainsaw actually in, on my person and I was actually stopped going into the courthouse and they said, you can't go in here with that. And I said, oh, fair enough. So they, they took it off me and then... You wanted to go into the court with the chainsaw. I can imagine they would stop well, you. Well, yeah. you know, I was asked to bring it in actually as a, a, evidence. Oh, you were asked so, to bring it in. Okay. So anyway, I um, I was waiting around for about three quarters of an hour and the two detectives that were dealing with the case said to me, um, we can't um, hear the case today um, because 
um, the person who committed the crime against you is in custody for something else. Right. I said, are you joking? And uh, they said, no, you're going to have to come back. And I said, lads, I'm not coming back. I said, this is the fourth time I've been in court. I said, I'm self-employed. I said, I'm trying to run a small business. I spent four or five hours at this already and no, I'm, I'm getting nowhere with it. So I, I kind of got a bit stroppy with the guards. So the, the, the detective actually went into um, the courtroom and said, hang on there so we'll see if we can get this heard. So uh, that was fine. So about five minutes later, he came out and said, he's going to hear you right now. So I said, fair enough. So you had been four times already trying to get this heard in court? Four times already. Well, this was the, this was the fourth visit of my time into the into the courtroom and he was actually going to hear me so eventually after I kind of kicked up a small bit so um, I went up to, onto the dock anyway and um, it, the, the judge called out well this is case number such and such and such was and this such. in public open court it was? yeah okay go ahead court. that's fine I just about need to nine, yeah. about, about nine people on the on the front bench and um, what's that mean nine the, people on the front bench what does that mean? well there was a couple of barristers, there was solicitors, you know, there was a, a full complement of of the state people, if you like, and of other people there. So, so there was I, nine people involved in a case involving a stolen no, chain? No, 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 there wasn't, there, wasn't there wasn't nine people involved in the case against this particular person. But right. they were all there for different cases. The, the example of, of court time and everything else. All like right, that. okay, yeah, okay. I won't so interrupt. The, so the, um, the judge um, said, well, this is case number such and such against such and such, and uh, um, the perpetrator's um, barrister stands up who was being paid for by the state. A barrister well, listening? A barrister? Yeah, a barrister, yeah. his barrister. His barrister stood up and says, well, um, it's not, a, um, he can't be, this case can't be heard today because he's in custody for something else. And uh, the judge says, oh, well, I see. I said, all right. And then the judge says, well, it's not clearly not of the, this man's volition that he can't be here today to, to, to represent. So we're going to have to put this off until next week. And I said, excuse me, Your Honour, I said, in, in, in a tone. I said, excuse me, I said. I said, it is of his own volition that, that he can't be here. I said, he's in custody for something else. He's a thieving tow rag. I said, I've spent four times coming in and out of court to try and get this dealt with and nothing has happened. I says, it's upsetting me. I says, it's costing me time. It's costing me money. It's costing the state money. And I said, also, I says, the, 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 the thing that he stole off me is worth about 250 euros. I says, the amount of time that's been spent on this is absolutely ridiculous. So he kind of looked at me a bit startled. And <laughs> I imagine he was startled, yeah. <laughs> and no, nobody, I, and I was, I was polite. And uh, I said, I said, you know, Your Honour, let, let's be fair. I said, this isn't fair. So she said, oh, I see. I said, well, I, I'm sorry that this is upsetting you. I'm very sorry that this has taken so long. He says, I'll tell you what we'll do. He said, I said, we'll hear this thing first thing on Monday morning. I said, OK, that's great. So I went out and the detectives were kind of giving me the, the thumbs up and they were delighted with me. So she says, nobody normally speaks to a judge like that. And he says, you're at least going to hear you on Monday morning. So... That was fine. So I said, gee, but I've got to go in again. Five so times. I it's your went, fifth time. Yeah, five times. Yeah. So I went in and I was standing in the, my, my friend who, who, who'd committed the crime on me, who had 56 previous, by the way, um, was standing only about three yards away from me, completely ignored me, obviously. And his brother then gave evidence and the lies that were coming out of him was ridiculous. And I told the judge of what happened. I told him of, of my, the time and the whole thing. And whilst I was actually in there, when the judge was um, going through the situation, I counted 
people inside the courthouse in the room at the time, okay? Yeah. Nine of them, if, at least eight of them, if not nine of them, were being paid for by the state. Like, we had the detectives, you had the judge, you had the clerk, you had the barrister. So there was, it was costing the state, I reckon it cost the state possibly seven to ten grand would all carry on over the the couple of years. Now it took it took three or four years for, for the thing to, to, to actually come to its end. But the judge actually then turned around and said, Well actually this is ridiculous what you're saying and your brother's giving you all these stories. This is they expected the detectives expected him to actually get um six months and uh, actually George actually gave him 12 months in the end now he probably I reckon served at most three to four months of that time of the 12 but he had 56 previous by the time my case came around again and um, the, the whole situation was ridiculous now it cost me we'll say it cost me six hours of my time I didn't have to uh, hire a solicitor but the, the guards who were dealing with it at the time said oh, you can sign out this form and put in your time and the state will reimburse you for your time Still, still waiting on that. I and did you fill in no. the forms and everything? I did fill in the forms, and I'm still waiting on that. So, um, my God, look, I, I, look, I, 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 were you happy that he got 12 months? Were you surprised at I that? Was, I, no, I was, I was happy he got 12 months. But um, I'll be very honest with you, Neil. Um, I have been in court a couple of times for a few traffic things, and I've seen bits and pieces. And the whole idea and the whole way it operates actually disgusts me. So, what? Do you, so, like, so, what it, point it, did you want to make most vociferously? Is it that it took so well, long that the that a two hundred and fifty euro? Th- no, no. The point. The point. The, the judicial system in yeah. this country has a way of working. Um, our prisons are overcrowded. Um, I, I don't understand why we can't put fellas on chain gangs. Uh, it, it, they won't do it because it costs probably costs the state too much money. But there, there isn't enough deterrent there. Um, and at the end of the day, um, it's, it, it seems as if the guards are powerless. I mean, the situation that Eileen was talking about earlier on about the house parties and the COVID and, and all that. Um, it, 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 guards seem to be powerless in a lot of situations but I mean that poor guy with his TV yeah. and it, finding I mean I, I actually had a similar incident luckily I didn't come across the, the, the people who actually committed the crime but when I was 15 I walked into my house coming back from holidays with my mother to find that the house ransacked and the place was destroyed and it's a, it's a horrible feeling in itself and I actually on another occasion I've heard um, somebody trying to get into my parents' house about 15 years ago, trying to break into the house while I'm actually asleep upstairs. Oh my god! And it's it's look, it's it's um, and the ransacking. Nobody was caught for that, no. Uh, they they did actually. They had an idea. There was three 15 year olds did it, and then they did it a couple of thousand euros worth of damage. They were only blackguarding. They got a bit of um, silver, all right, but um, that's not blackguarding. It just isn't. Well, it's, well, it's not blackguarding. You're right, but look. Neil, I, I think it's great the way um, all these things are brought to light. Um, I even think it's great the way things are brought to light on television and Clareburn and all that. But at the end of the day, what, what actually happens and what actually changes, really? This texture here says three, three or four words. One text just here in front of my screen says, he is describing a gravy train. Yeah, I, 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 I truly believe it. I truly believe it. But um, no, it, it, it would make your blood boil. It really would. So I mean, there's no there's no comparison between your court and Steve's court, where your man got a fifty euro fine with a hundred and two previous. Your guy had uh, fifty six previous and got twelve months jail. 
he got yeah he got twelve months jail, but he but like you, <laughs> there's obviously other circumstances that haven't been aired to you by the person who told you about the story about the television. I mean, it, 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 some people would say to me, "To it all, it all depends on the judge and the day who you get." Um, the defence said that he had a traveller background, and his background and his upbringing was yeah, bad. But, yeah. but, but, but listen to me, you can't, you can't. Uh-huh. The guy that actually committed my crime. Um, was of travelling background as well. All right. So that that didn't stand. Up. Okay. And on top of all of that, on top of all of that story, of course, you had the thousands and thousands of euro that were spent on a two hundred and fifty chainsaw Neil, case. Neil, that's the thing that disgusts me the most. Um, look, I'm, I'm self-employed. Um, I've had my brushes with, with with revenue, and I'm trying to straighten that up, and that's fair enough. But the way. The, the, the country operates and the way money is wasted um, you know I've actually had a conversation with a friend of mine a couple Waste. of weeks ago two friends of mine about you know how much money do we actually get value for for our, the state I mean I, I don't want to go down the road of saying that everybody in the county council are useless they're not but you look at productivity of jobs done on sites in certain areas by certain work crews some are council crews some are contract crews contract crews go in they do their job they're out three, four days. Other areas, you see the, the thing going on and on and on, and it's it's disgusting. I yeah, mean, well, yeah. like, you know, what, what, you know, should we, should we actually have a, a table of um, productivity throughout the EU for, uh, what are we getting for our thousand euro per What exactly do you get for the taxation that's deducted? Yeah, that's, yeah. okay, that may be, for, that may be for another day, but, but certainly, uh, waste but, on a grand but scale. It's huge, huge waste. Yeah. It's right. disgusting. Okay. It's huge waste. You know. Steve, thank you to Stephen. Thank you so much. Much obliged to you. No, thank no, you for no. sharing. Anybody else wants to share similar stories to that? Please get in touch and we'll air them either by email or by text. Or if you want to come on the air like Stephen did. His uh, episode in court and Steve earlier on with regards to his television and the court appearances, which turned into a complete joke. I mean, it's laughable, but it's just not funny. Uh, then get in touch and text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. Jane, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Where is this? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Where is this site that you're referring to? So this site is down in Harbour Point. So okay. I know you're aware of Little now, Yeah, so hang on a second, because you, you said to me, up to 10 travellers moved into a field in Harbour Point Estate during COVID-19. Some yeah. caravans moved in, um, leaving families on site. And then on uh-huh. Wednesday, more caravans arrived, bringing the numbers into double digits. And then you sent me a photograph of loads of caravans that seem to be adjacent to... Uh, forgive me, is that a commercial centre? Commercial cent- or is it, it an is. industrial? So that's backing on down to the industrial um, block there down in Courtstown Harbour Point. So... Where they are is basically, it's underneath, say, Easy Living and the value store. So there's a fine big site there. And that's where the um, legal site is. On the island, on Little Island. On the island, yeah. Okay, okay. Are they overseas? Are they over for the summer or what is it, you know? Well, I can only, I'm only making a presumption from the Rachels that they are from overseas because they're English Rachels. This is every summer though, isn't it? It is. It's an ongoing issue, Neil. Um, So they... People come in for their, their summer holidays, they stay and they vacate after a couple of weeks or months. Um, but you can understand, it's becoming quite problematic for, I suppose, the local residents living here, because I suppose, you know, are you aware that Little Island has a population of just under a thousand people, you know? And is it likely um, to get worse or more expected to arrive normally? Yes, like yeah. it does get quite busy. Um, and what happens as a result of that then? Do they not just mind their own business? 
some families are quite good. They do mind their own business. But of course, you would have people having parties and they're delishering. Um, a lot of rubbish we brought in, excess dumping, there'd be vehicles dumped, you could find out burnt out vehicles down there. Like last year we had instances because of the heat last year we had gas bottles exploding down there. Um, so they weren't stored properly. Um, and then they have you know, their their pets as well, their dogs running right around the place. Um like last year now as I walked with my children in the area and there's a beautiful walk down that side of Little Island, um, Carrigrenan. And I was walking and there's a family and they were out with their dogs and they were hunting for rabbits. Um, which was my children, they were taken aback and they were horrified. They didn't understand what was happening and why these men were walking towards them with rabbits, dead rabbits in their hands, you know? Yeah, um, I know. So there's that element as well of their culture that will take back, you know, people. And it, as well as that, I suppose the camp was set up as well, Neil, just prior and during COVID. Um, which I suppose is kind of frustration because everybody was told to stay at home. Yeah, you know, nah, yeah. Safe, but there are people flu. coming in on ferries, I know, and they're coming in people for... People coming in, yeah. and like I know myself... Big funerals and stuff worker. like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know myself as a frontline worker, going to work every day, stop by the guard, that's where I'm going, proving my ID, proving where I work, where there was free travel allowed for... Um, some minority. So that is frustrating in itself. But it's probably um, trespass though, is it? Is it not a landlord issue or a guard issue? It is. It's private land down there. So the landowner is aware that his land has been broken into and the landowner has been contacted and he is aware of it. So until the landowner makes a formal complaint with on Garda Shinokana, the Gardaí can't actually do anything. Okay. Um, okay. So up to recent times, the Gardaí have yet to have received a complaint from the landowner down there. All right, we'll watch um, this space for details then and see what happens in the coming days if more arrive. Do stay in touch though, okay? I will, Neil. Thank you for All your right, time. okay. It's tough on you down there and summertime is a difficult time when you have more and more of the, the um, uh, mobile homes, sorry, the big caravans coming in and the big 4 four by 4s and what have you. Interestingly, my elderly neighbour lived in the city for her entire life, Neil. We used to leave the key in the door until the last family member was, was home of an evening. Uh, those days are well gone now. Uh, it was in her latter days when the evening echo was delivered to her door and that was her highlight. Unfortunately, someone took advantage of this and one day called to her door and he forced his way in and locked her into her room uh, where she remained until a neighbour noticed her absence and broke in to help her. Can I tell you, she never recovered from this. She slept downstairs and I say slept, but she never really slept after it. After that, she had a very lonely and fearful life she was fearful that this man who broke in would come back and finish her off. I ask you now about rights. What rights do this poor woman have? She passed away not long after the incident. That's just heartbreaking. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. No, I don't know at all. I didn't know I came to work today at all. My mother, who's in her 80s, just rang me and said... To tell you, if you don't play, you'll never walk alone. She'll never listen to you again. And she said, you're worse to play it at 5 to 12 to please those manks. Be a rebel and play it now to freak them out even more. They deserve the pain after all we put up with them over the years. She'll switch off if you give in to them, Neil. That's why I love her. Come on the pool. Champions 2020 says Magella. You see, that's the kind of fool acting that I have to put up with on a daily basis. And also... To my own mobile phone, Neil. Would you ever play You'll Never Walk Alone for Jar and Pat, both Celtic fans, painting the Friars Walk Tavern at the moment? Steve Dining got on to me. Steve and his dad, Anthony. Morning, Anthony. Hope you're keeping well. Diehard Liverpool fans. Steve saying, play it. Play it. Grow a pair. 
definitely play it. Never mind the Manx. Liverpool supporters have been listening to them for 30 years. Leave them turn the radio off if they want up the pool. I don't want anybody turning off the radio. That would be reckless of me. Even if you play it at 5 to 12, you lose most of your listeners for 30 years, like Liverpool had to wait 30 years. They'll turn you off and won't turn back on for 30 years. I'll be well, I'll be well gone. Why can't you play? You'll never walk alone. Think of all the fans that listen to you every day. Maybe we won't tune in if you don't play it. Are you a Man United fan or what? What if I was to say that when Man U win something, I'll play their song. When Chelsea win something, I'll play theirs. When Arsenal do, when Spurs do, when City do, when Everton do. Like, would that be a kind of a fair trade-off? Best person to ask in these matters, actually, are publicans. People working me under bar. They have to listen to everything and anything like that every day of the week. Conor Driscoll's a co-owner down in Longboats in Ballantemple. Con, give me a dig out here, will you? Neil, how are you? How are you keeping? What would you do now if you had a row going on there in the pub with two different sets of fans? How would you solve it? We're in a tough position here because myself and my brother are Man United fans. We're behind the bar. And in the last year, the increase of Liverpool fans, they have their own section, they have their own signs, they have their own posters... <laughs> No, we we call it graffiti. But they, they, it's, it's horrendous for the last year, and my phone has been hopping non-stop this morning. We don't asking to get in for points and the whole lot just to celebrate. Oh God, I'm dread, I have So to, what happens? What happens if there's a Liverpool match on TV, and you've got all your Man U supporters drinking? Well, we we actually we keep them separated. Um, <laughs> So we keep the respectable Man U fans down the back. Oh, God, and, oh uh, Yeah, and we put the Liverpool fans into their own little snug. Oh, oh you uh, mean you give the better seating to Man U supporters, do you? Well, we wouldn't say better seating, we just like to keep them safe. <laughs> you put the um, Liverpool supporters way down the back, is it by the toilet door? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah. Just to keep them, you know. Oh, my, as if you haven't enough to be going on with, with rejigging the bar for Monday. How's that been working out? Because I, I actually, can I just say, thank you, I popped in the other day to look at all of the work. I wanted to see what a pub that I knew would look like when they opened for food and drink on Monday. So thank you for that. But was there a lot involved? Uh, it's been, like we closed, I think it was the 13th or 14th of March. And when we closed, we couldn't envisage what was coming down the line. We thought we were closing for two or three weeks. Yeah. Uh, and this would blow over. But it, uh, as the weeks went on and the news was breaking, we, we were finding out that we were going to be closed for months. And then we were finding out that maybe it's September we wouldn't be back to. So when we finally got uh, some good news of uh, uh, some, some light at the end of the tunnel, what we found out was what we had to do to protect our staff. You got like um, 50, 60 pages of recommendations, wasn't oh it? Oh my God, though? it was unbelievable. Uh, the guidelines are, uh, like, in fairness, I have to say the the VFI have been outstanding. They've emailed us, I, I'd say nearly every single day, uh, with updates and the whole lot. They've been fantastic. And um, the Falls Ireland, the guidelines, they're... They're not as invasive as what we thought because when, when the prospects that are being shipped into us, I said, Jesus, what, what, are we, what are we leaving ourselves in for? Anyway, forget about the guidelines because you did what you had to do with the yeah. to them. Who makes it? Is, is the prospects all being sourced from a core company, can I ask? It is, yeah. Uh, I think there's a company, well, the, the contractor we got in, he's sourcing, I think, from a, a guy out from a road. Okay, um, okay. So at least that's something, if, if nothing else. So oh, you, threw the, we, yeah. you, you threw 30 grand at it, did you, to make it safer? We're, we're approaching 30,000 now because, um, as I said, the perspex, it's, it's not pretty when you walk into a bar to see sheets of perspex between, 
between seats. With yellow and black tape. Although it wasn't exactly. as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, it's there, no. but it's not as in your face. We got a carpenter in to see if he could make any uh, attack on it, and he made unbelievable, unbelievable um, boots out of mahogany and included the perspex that looks like glass now, and we got it branded with long boots. So it's not as, as invasive as we thought. So no time off, everybody hands to the tiller. And food on Monday as well then. Like, and uh, do you see you have to pre-book... Um, you know, yeah. tables for four or twos yeah. and things like that, full menu? We do. We have full me- Well, the, the menu um, we have is, like, we were always open for lunch, and the menu now for the evening will, will consist of pizza, burger, uh, fish, chicken, and a curry. And what are the uh, bookings like? Um, being honest, we're, we're only advertising today now on social media for taking bookings with our, through our email, phone, and Facebook page. But we're we're literally sold out on the Monday, nearly there on Tuesday. Wednesday's filling up on Thursday, and that we haven't even advertised to take bookings yet. And you also you also um, rejigged the the smoking area on the outside, didn't you? We did. Um, we had a temp- we have a, a roof that's retractable. We replaced it, um, and we got a stronger roof uh, to protect people from the ele- elements. And what we have is. Uh, we're now making the beer garden eighty percent non-smoking. Gotcha. So if you if you if you want to have a pizza out in the sun, you don't have to worry about smoke wafting into you. And the smokers, um, not that we want them to be outcasts or anything. They have <laughs> unlike the area. Liverpool supporters. <laughs> yeah, we might actually share the smoking area with the Liverpool supporters. <laughs> go on, I'm out of time. Go away, you devil. I just got an example by visiting and chatting with you as to the amount of work that pubs and red yeah. pubs that serve food have actually done to make it possible for people to get in on Monday. But good luck with it, Con. I'm out of time for now. Good luck to everybody no down there, to Billy and May. Thanks very much. Cheers, Cheers for now. I'll talk with more pubs and more pub restaurants and hotels as well on Monday, but we kind of got sidelined as we always do, uh, considering that this is an ever-evolving radio program. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. I really don't. When you never walk alone. And there was I thinking that soccer and sport was supposed to bring people together. <laughs> it's had the opposite effect. Selection of fast ones here. Well done, Neil. See ya. Bye. <laughs> See ya, Neil. Hate you, bud. Bye-bye, Neil. Enjoy the weekend. <laughs> I mean, committing Harry Carey live on air. I don't know, man. You can't win. I could be here for another hour just talking about that alone, but I got to go. You're some coward playing it at the end of the show. (laughs) I'll never forgive you for playing that tripe. Volume turned down for a few minutes at least. Listen, I'm going to love you and leave you. It's all a bit of fun, I hope to God. Good people at the Vienna Woods have given me afternoon tea for four people, okay? So these are for two different couples, and we'll open the phone lines now. They're looking forward to welcoming everybody back next week. We have afternoon tea. What will be delivered to you, if you're lucky? Uh, Man United fans and Liverpool fans can call. If there's anybody left but Liverpool fans right now, call one 104 106 I didn't get to all the shouts-out, shout-outs, but I gave it a good stab. Ramen, Roosters, uh, Piri Piri, Clancy's, Vienna Woods, uh, and uh, just for men also are on board with some vouchers, and we'll pick that up on Monday. And also a wonderful weekend down at the Moorings in Port McGee, which I'll deal more with on Monday. Have a good weekend. See you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.